Hey, Sam. Zombies are still out front. Yeah, I know, Briggs. I didn't get a lick of sleep. Well, did you figure out a way to make them go away? No, I didn't figure out where to get money to pay the cemetery zombies for renovating the money. You mean the mansion? I don't know. I didn't sleep. Hey, I didn't sleep either, all right? I can't mosh us out of this one. Well, I feel great. Low moans and chants are like whale sounds or waves. I've never gotten better sleep in my life. No one asked. I've been able to wake up on time, write scripts, and edit together all my films. Did you use the time to work out a way to make the zombies leave, though? What? Why? I hope they never leave. With sleep sounds like this, I could finally stop being an insomniac. Not very team insomniac of you. Sorry, guys, I'm in zombiac now. I don't get it. Now what? Oh, shit. Hey, did the dinosaurs in the park get any sleep? Oh, man, I totally forgot we did that. Who's been taking care of the dinosaurs? I don't care. Guys, look, the zombies and dinosaurs are fighting it out. Oh, no, the dinosaur feathers are too thick for the zombies' rotting teeth. Oh, wow. This would look so cool animated. I'll do it when I get sleep. No. The dinosaurs drove off the zombies. Why didn't I record them? How am I going to sleep again? Well, guys, looks like we narrowly escaped the consequences of taking advantage of workers only to scare them off with our own violent, hungry enforcers in order to maintain living in our large, luxurious dwelling. I don't get it. Well, I'm going to bed. Man, all dinosaurs really are bastards. Some movies make you feel good. Some movies make you sick. But the best movies come in threes. Baby, let's take a trip tick. Just hear those sleigh bells ringling, ting, ting, tingling. It's hey. Halloween season. That's right. Yeah. We're not celebrating Christmas yet. No, we're, what do you think we are? We're some department store? Yeah, right. We're yeah. not Walmart. No. <laughs> we're not even AMC theaters. Then why aren't we watching scary movies? Oh, but here's the thing. We are, and we watched three of them just for this recording. Just for this specific... Yes, we did. That's yeah. right, Briggs. Uh, we're watching the Romero's Dead trilogy. Oh, and yes. There's a reason why, isn't there? Yes, and actually, so I was under the impression that Night of Living Dead was just in general celebrating its 55th anniversary here in uh, 2023. Turns out, October is specifically the 55th anniversary of Night of the Living Dead. It came out, I think, October 1st, uh, 1968. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. So, yeah, we are in the exact 55th anniversary of the birth of modern horror as we know it. I mean, yep. yes, there there was movies before, you know, like Psycho and Peeping Tom. and uh, Universal. No, no, I'm talking in terms of like the mo- like modern horror. Oh, like, yeah, that doesn't take place in like an alternate weird past. Yeah, it's not like gothic. It's not uh, sci-fi horror. No, it's a murderer probably out in your backyard killing people. Like, oh, okay. Ob- obviously, before Night of the Living Dead, excuse me, there was also Psycho in 1960. We had. Uh, Peeping Tom around the same time, uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis's first few movies, Blood oh Feast and 2000 Maniacs. But I feel like Night of the Living Dead is really the beginning of modern horror. Well, Night of the Living Dead and Rosemary's Baby to an extent, because mm. those both came out the same year. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Yeah, I know. Huh. Right? I always think of Rosemary's Baby as a 70s movie. No, yeah, uh, same. 68. Oh, yeah, that, duh. <laughs> they make specific reference to it in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Exactly. Oh, well, shit. And that takes place in 1968 and Six, 9. Yeah. <laughs> I've still yet to see Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I gotta watch it all together, but um, but better not. Yeah, big '70s horror kick mainly, but we dip into that a little bit today. Yep. yep. And Night of the Living Dead. I mean, what really can be said about this movie that hasn't been said already? It is just one of the most classic horror films ever made. Well, I mean, we'll get into it more along with its amazing sequels. Oh yes, which I, I think are re- you know I really feel like that really like. <laughs> Romero just builds and builds on his zombies as he goes on. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which is really nice. I feel like this is one of the few trilogies we're covering where it really just maintains a level of awesome quality just start to finish. Yeah. Like, like there, yeah, there's elements of the sequels that aren't as great, maybe. <laughs> but overall, all three of these films are awesome. What was. Uh, what was y'all's first encounter with any of these movies? Well, uh, my first was unfortunately seeing um, Romero's amazing Diary of the Dead. Oh, <laughs> probably one of his worst movies as a director. Yeah, I could agree with that. I, I had never seen a Romero film before that. Jesus and Christ! I had a I. I, I knew about the Dead series, and I was like, oh, it's on Netflix now. I wonder if this is any good. Because I was also like, you know, uh, it was also at that time where Cinema Verte and found footage was mm-hmm. like super duper popular in oh, horror, yeah. thanks to Cloverfield. And, oh, yes. What was that one? What was that one movie where it takes place in like a like an infested apartment or something? Uh, Wreck. Well, there's Wreck, and then there's the remake, Quarantine. The quarantine. American remake, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, I, like, I thought it would be like a quarantine where it'd be like at least okay. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, no, it's now, just... Diary of the Dead is a dark period for Romero fans, and they do feel <laughs> they do feel obligated to defend it, which is a bummer. You know I... what? You know what Diary of the Dead kind of reminds me of? It's like it's like you know Romero, uh, as we see these three films, he's like fairly political, but then Diary of the Dead is like him trying to be all like his most political. No, yeah. in the but same like an year... old man, like crazy backsheet political. The same year Zombie Diaries came out, which was okay, but not, also not great. Oof. Yeah, this was this was very much... That diary was very much in the zombie renaissance of the 2000s that mm-hmm. we really kind of got with, uh, with 28 Days Later, really kicked that off in the early 2000s. And then, of course, you get Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake, which was fucking awesome. <laughs> no, but yeah, your first experience with Romero? My first experience with Romero was Night of the Living Dead. I remember this was back, uh, I want to say I was probably about six, seven years old. Uh, this was when I was first getting into horror movies. You know, I first got into the genre with the Universal Monsters. The first one I ever saw was Frankenstein. And, you know, I started, uh, you know, seeing more of these movies, the older movies. And I remember my grandmother was the one who got me, I forget what occasion it was, whether it was Christmas or birthday or just for the hell of it. She gave me two tapes. She gave me Night of the Living Dead and she gave me The Satanic Rites of Dracula. 
Cool. I was always too scared to watch the Dracula one just because of the imagery of Christopher Lee on the cover. So. Oh, with the bloody eyes? Yeah. So uh, I yeah, that's a pretty good shot. So I didn't watch any of the Lee Dracula movies until way later. And actually, ironically <laughs> enough, Lee's my favorite Dracula now. Yeah. But uh, Night, though, I did try to watch. And I got not far at all. I got to about when uh, the, uh, the girl... Um, uh, Barbara is kind of wandering through the dark house and the one zombie played by Bill Hensman is outside kind of prowling around. I got about that far. I don't even think I got far enough for her to discover the body up in the upstairs because I was just so scared. So I turned it off, did not come back to it for a long time. And <laughs> I remember going into Dawn, not realizing at first that it was a direct sequel to quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to uh, night of the living dead. I just saw George Romero's name. I had heard the name Dawn of the dead before. So I remember getting that. I actually got Dawn of the dead and the remake at the same time at the borders, uh, at Sawgrass mall, uh, back in like 2005, I think. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And so, uh, I mean, Dawn, Dawn scared the shit out of me too, but I still absolutely loved it. And, then of course finding day and i mean day is my favorite zombie movie overall now but <laughs> I, that's how that and of course you know later on like going into college and whatnot is when i really started exploring more of romero's films outside of the franchise so like martin creep show um what are some uh two evil eyes with uh, dario argento yeah. yeah i think um i eventually watched dawn of the dead um uh with Kreider, uh, I think at some point in high school you showed it to me. The original? Yeah, the original. I've, oh, okay. I've still not seen the, the the remake yet. Yeah, we gotta make you watch that. That's a good one. But, uh, that, that's when I first saw Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, that was like really good. Like, Oh yeah. I just like you know, there's something about zombies that I feel like have lost their like edge, you know? Like, you know, hear me out. Like, I feel like of all the, like, modern day, like, monsters, like, you know, like, vampires, they're, like, you know, they're kind of symbolism for, like, creeping, like, you know, you could say, like, they're either, like, creeping rich or, like, they're, like, these creepy, like, characters in the shadows. Werewolves are, like, you know, the inner beast we hide in ourselves and the violence we try to keep away. But zombies, I feel like they don't really have much of a a, a metaphorical use in, like, fiction yeah, uh, at least not anymore yeah like not anymore i don't feel like they do like you know they're just kind of just the horde mode that you have your heroes kill without any remorse like it, it became a video game essentially well, it, they represent the inevitability of death you know well true eh. but like it's like the, a wave at the same time though it's like you know zombies were always interesting because zombies were almost a clean slate that you could apply most any kind of uh allegory to in a way and it's They're almost and, like a hurricane. Yeah, and but at That's the same boring. I mean, I don't know. But at the same time, though, I see where Sam is coming from, though, because it's like, especially going into the two thousands. You know, you had the zombie movie renaissance, then eventually Walking Dead became a thing. That's and, what ruined zombies. Zombie, and yes, then, and I then agree. Of, and Walking then of course, Dead fucking ruined zombies and boring. And then of course, Call of Duty with the zombie mode in World at War. <laughs> yeah, well, that, and, that was fun though. And uh, 
so it's like, but uh, it is fun. It totally is fun. And well, there's no stuff like Left 4 Dead. But yeah, zombies are just meat bags to be shot to pieces at that point. And mm-hmm. you're not really getting any kind of social commentary or anything like Romero, as on the nose as he could be, yeah, still okay. tried to inject into his films. Which so. I really appreciate watching this trilogy. Oh, yeah. No, and I got Night of the Living Dead for Christmas when I was a little kid, and it was the colorized version. Is it the DVD I'm looking at over there? Oh, yeah. Nice. I know you gave me a DVD of Night of the Living Dead. I didn't give it to you. I loaned it to you to watch. Because <laughs> Mike Nelson does a commentary on it that's really funny. He riffs it. Oh, I keep forgetting to do that. Yeah, that's why we should watch it together, maybe. Okay. And you can check out the colorization as well. But the colorization was cool, but it's that very Ted Turner-y kind of colorization. So I'm glad we just watched a good restoration of the black and white. Ugh. But I remember watching Night of Living Dead on Christmas Day and my mom getting really mad at me. (laughs) Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, because it was like, yeah, I was like, it's my Christmas present. (laughs) I know what you mean. And I've been, uh, yeah. I watched like, uh, oh, shoot, what was that movie? Um, uh, From Here to Eternity on Christmas. And I was like, this isn't much of a Christmas movie. This is boring. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's not a very Christmassy movie. It's Pearl Harbor. I got it as a gift. (laughs) I got it as a gift on Christmas. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> I uh, got I was very into zombies as a youngster though. I Oh yeah. I was uh really into Walking Dead the comics. Yeah. Before yeah. the show like oh, I yeah. was way into that and then you know the comics really go off the rails just in in, in a similar way to the show eventually <laughs> cuz like it's hard to maintain that forever and you know Walking Dead does eventually just become a weird apocalyptic, you know, Cormac McCarthy world. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of interesting, but um yeah, no, I used to like zombies more. And, you know, what it comes down to is, like, the zombies don't matter. What matters is your living characters, you know? Are yeah. they interesting? Do you give a shit? Are you interested about the situation? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would agree. That's kind of what you need for most of your monster movies, honestly. Yeah, no, and there's, like, yeah, I would still take a crack at a zombie movie one day oh yeah absolutely zombie movie if there's one thing i've learned from watching like the bonus features on all of these movies and like on especially on the bonus features on snyder's dawn of the dead is that making zombie movies are a lot of fun (laughs) no because you you know there's room for your friends to come in and just be a zombie for a day (laughs) and and you know romero really is a trailblazer in this uh in in this regard too because it's like what were zombies up to this point zombies were a voodoo product you yeah know? exactly uh, any any zombie fiction you saw was mostly set in the caribbean you're using voodoo hypnosis you know there's obviously great movies like i walked with a zombie white zombie fantastic movies but this is the first one i feel like because he's taking his cues from the omega man uh last man on earth oh, yeah from yeah i from am legend yes the book i am legend and then yeah the zombies in last man on earth do remind me a little bit of the zombies in this one but they're more articulate and yeah exactly last man on earth, they're like oh robert Kabah. <laughs> and and, it, and it's cool. Yeah, Vincent Price is that's say so yeah, we're we're gonna do the Omega Man trilogy one day. The oh, I am, oh, the I am Legend trilogy. Oh boy. But yeah, no, this one though, it's like it took what uh what Last Man on Earth was doing and just made it a little more unnerving. It's like, yes, these are your like even in Last Man on Earth, they can still talk. They can articulate it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, they remember bit. you, which is creepy. Whereas like if you get bit by a zombie in a Romero movie, you are not that person anymore. You will die, and when you come back, you are just a blank slate. Yeah. Like, you're a shell of your former person that's literally just out 
to kill and eat. And I think that's so fat. It's like, you know, you hear in all the news reports and, and it's like, no, these are not your family and friends. Yeah. They are predators. They will kill you. You will come back and you will kill everyone around you. And it's, you know, it's just kind of unnerving the thought that your loved ones will become a flesh hungry monster you have to put down just to survive. No, and you know, so hey, you know, much as you try to kill the zombie genre, it keeps getting up. No, yeah. no one has managed to shoot it in the head yet. <laughs> Let's talk about these movies. Yeah. Good evening, I'm Russ Georgia, Local 7 News, reporting from Pennsylvania at the site of a nightmarish image. The dead have risen, and it's very irritating. People are either shell-shocked beyond reason and patience, or selfish to the point of self-destruction. Claiming locking yourself in a corner is genius. Anyone trying to resolve the problem only attracts the biggest idiots as plans explode in their faces, ill-equipped to outrace the shambling headaches. If you or anyone you know is trying to help someone, be cautious, because it may be you who has a perfectly valid plan to outlive the unlived, only to get shot in the face by morons. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) So yeah, so I was trying to think, is is this one of the first independent horror films? No, uh -uh, I don't think so, because we're... I think at least 10, 15 years into the existence of uh, American International Pictures at this point. Okay. So Roger Corman all Roger through the Corman's 50s. Roger Corman's been doing it. Oh, yeah. Okay, no. yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, and then even, you know, like I mentioned earlier, there was Herschel Gordon Lewis, Blood Feast and 2000 Maniacs. Um, so, yeah. And, I mean, you could even argue, I'd imagine, Hammer is a bit of an independent studio still at this time. Yeah, I mean, well, no, we can get into they're kind of, they're kind the of the minutia of indie versus independent and all this shit. They're almost they're almost like the, in the A24 equivalent of that era, I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, no, there was still independent horror well before Night of the Living Dead. Okay. Now, and the yeah, Carnival of Souls also predates this, right? Oh, yes. Oh uh-huh, shit. That's, uh 19 by 5 years. It's uh no, 5 or 6 years, I think. It's 1962 or 63, I think. No, and um I uh I love this movie. I love the black and white. Oh yeah, it's a uh, it's got a level of technical competence that is really nice because you didn't really get it in like Evil Dead. No, uh-uh. yeah, like Evil Dead is clearly made by kids, whereas Night of Living Dead, you do feel like adults are making it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it also helps too that you know Romero and company had experience with filming stuff before you know he was a documentary filmmaker making industrial films he worked of course famously worked with mr rogers exactly (laughs) oh wow yeah so he he at least had some experience behind the camera going into this but uh i still love though how bare bones it feels compared to the other two no and it's like it's a very elegant and really cool premise because 
he's using what he has, which is like he knows like people in TV studios and stuff, so he can kind of help present that news footage as quote unquote realistic. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I really appreciate how well that was done. Yeah, yeah. He like does mixed media before like anybody was really fucking with that mm-hmm. to like show the TV scene. So mm-hmm. when you're watching this in the '60s, I imagine that's very frightening to see like the TV like actually reporting this type of shit. So yeah, banally. especially you know like yeah like he did use real uh, real newsmen in this like uh. The one that I know of for sure is uh, towards the end of the film when you have the one reporter that's following the uh, group of people as they're going through killing all the zombies. Uh, that was Chili Willie Cardell, who uh, oh, Chili Willie Cardell, yeah, he was a local newsman up there. And fun fact, his daughter would go on to play the female lead in Day of the Dead. Huh. Wow, you know, but uh, no, yeah, so yeah, he would you know, use Chili Willie Cardell. So yeah, he would use real newsmen, which yeah, I, I'd imagine would really help. <laughs> no, it so. lends it an air of credibility because they're really not trying to overact. And like, I like this movie because it does feel very tightly scripted, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, the two teenagers are the only <laughs> kind of weak links in the cast to me. Yeah, you know? yeah, they're, they're just kind of the dumbasses who blow themselves up. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like cartoonishly, it's Wait. like, my jacket is caught on something. Oh, Boom. okay. <laughs> Boom. No need to hurry. Take your time. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, just idiots just, like, ruin everything. No, I think in the remake, they actually just kill themselves by shooting the lock off of the gas tank. Yeah, they do. It's like, <laughs> shoot the tank. Wait, no. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. No, and this is, uh, you know, but it's classic. You got to get people into a house, you mm-hmm. know, easy for locations. Yeah, it's one lo- one location. You could practically do cast. this as a stage play, which they've done. Yep. Oh, okay. There also, we go. also, there are no legal rights for Night of the Living Dead, so you can remake it if you want. <laughs> Yay! Yep. It's this the only f- one that's in the public domain. How many remakes are there? Let's take a look. Oh, there are like at least ten. Yeah, I remember there was a there was a Night of the Living Dead 3D with Sid Haig. Yeah, no, there's at least one with Danielle Harris. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. <laughs> yeah, no, she was Barbara. Then what's her? Yeah, there's just um, every it's, couple of years. It, it's so funny how there are no rights for Night of the Living Dead. Like anyone, it's a free for all. Whereas like Dawn of the Dead is like copyrights up the fucking ass to the point where the producer will not let go of them for anyone like second sight films did their uh 4k transfer and release uh on blu-ray and 4k a couple years ago that's a region locked uk only release because this motherfucker will not let anyone in the states get their hands on it wow (laughs) yeah people have been trying for so long to do dawn of the dead in different formats here in the states and it's just not happening (laughs) well at least i got my old dvd yeah me too and the second site blu-ray yeah we watched it on a region free player yeah these are legal to own. So uh, did you find out how many uh, remakes there are of Night of the Living Dead, Sam? And, you know, it's not just the remakes either, but then all the parodies of Night of the Living Dead. Like, I feel like this is a very parodied movie within the horror genre as well. Well, yeah, I'm looking right at Poultry Geist, which is Night of the Chicken Dead. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, it, it's it's kind of up to that level where, you know, you would see even, like, I feel like you'd see kid shows and stuff like that. Like, I'm pretty sure Tiny Toon Adventures probably hit it at one point or another. Or, 
other 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 cartoons and stuff. Like it's just one of those iconic horror movies, like up there with Psycho, with the Universal Monsters, with The Exorcist. With, okay. Oh, you you got it. Finally got it. All there's four remake movies apparently. Oh, that's way lower than I was thinking. There's other be. ones though. There's got to be other more ones than that. that like don't go by the name, but yeah. Night of the Living Dead, Darkest Dawn. Night of the Living Dead Res- Resurrection. <laughs> it's a dumb name. Yeah, I'm Night sure. of the Living Dead 3D and Night of the Living Dead by Tom Savini. Easily the best yeah. one. Tony Todd plays Dwayne Jones' role. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, Tony Todd, it's a, I, I really like Tony Todd playing a good guy, too. You know? It's a, it's fun. It's a fun change of pace. Oh, no, yeah, Tony Todd's a great actor. It's just yeah. a couple years before Candyman, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's like, you know, he was around doing stuff, but, you know, Candyman then comes along, and that's his big breakout. But uh, Yeah. Um, no, I... More like so Candied you, Ham. So, yeah, it's, it's shot in this very stark, low-key, black-and-white format, and it's a, like it has a very film noir german expressionism look at times that i just love no and it's like you know it's really refreshing to see you know uh, like i said technical competence on display mm-hmm. and uh yeah we you know we got this uh iconic opening with johnny and barbara going to the cemetery oh yeah they're coming to get you barbara yeah, and then the My dude in like yeah, this dude that they got for the first zombie is the best looking zombie. Oh yeah, Bill Hinsman, like yes. Jim Jarmusch. No, Jim Jarmusch doesn't look that hideous. <laughs> no, Bill this Bill Hinsman like... is he he's the first modern zombie and yeah, he uh he rode that success for a long time. He uh he he would be at Spooky Empire like every single year. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I've met yeah. him a few times. And oh, he's still alive. No, he passed away a couple years ago, I think, or a few years ago. But he was there every year, and I would see him there every year. And I met him a few of those times, and just super, super, super nice guy. Yeah, uh, he would always walk around in makeup still. So, so just yeah. like doing like ah, yeah like, oh ah. no he was super committed he never Help broke me. he never broke kayfabe ever <laughs> but he, no they found me inside of a storage unit <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah is is this one of the first like isolated in a farmhouse horror movies i'm trying to think because like you know, we talk about the old Dark House movies as a yeah. genre, you know. What like about the, the old Dark House? Night yeah. of the Lepus. But uh, there's elements Was of... that before Night of the Living Dead? Was it? No. Yeah, that was in the 70s, right? Oh, idiot. okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're not stuck in... What are you... <laughs> Look, like, full disclosure, I haven't actually watched movies. Yeah, he doesn't know what movies are. I've never are. seen a single movie in my life, and I'm not going to start now. <laughs> <laughs> What's a movie? <laughs> it's a lie. I've been watching. I've been reading movie adaptations in comic form. He reads the Wikipedia's. But um, you know the uh, the obvious comparison is the Siege movie. Oh, oh yeah, it's a yeah, very Rio uh, Bravo exactly, and like Assault on Precinct Thirteen type which of is situation. Rio Bravo, you know, has the Siege part near the end, so it's like. It's essentially a siege movie, and it's it's also interesting because you're taking a war and you're bringing it home. Yeah. Yeah, because this is one of the first ones that really put the concept of a horror movie in your backyard. Like, even Psycho. You know, Psycho is... You're, like, in an isolated 
hotel exactly. like motel off of the beaten path but You're this is like they, nowhere. they and, came for you and a single crazy person whereas it's an army of crazy people the yeah. news just is like the uh people are going crazy out there it's not so much like reanimated dead well they figured uh, out eventually and then they're like okay well i'm repeating this but these do appear to be reanimated corpses and i love too how like they they can never really get it straight it's like oh these are reanimated corpses oh these unidentified assassins oh the blood devouring ghouls it's like there's so many different ways of describing these yeah, they're, zombies they're dead they're all messed up <laughs> and also they never refer to them as zombies throughout this film either like they no, never yeah. use the word zombie in fact they only use it in dawn of the dawn dead, of the dead. yeah oh. it's like there's gonna be a bunch of zombies in here do it's they like, do they say the word zombie in day of the dead at all no oh wow okay it's like how uh it's like how the force didn't have telekinesis until empire yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we th we think we mandela ourselves and think that you always had telekinesis but you didn't yeah right but uh no and i, I kind of like how they kind of don't refer to them as zombies as much because it kind of lends a little more credibility to the notion that it's like no this is your family and friends <laughs> no yeah and like you wouldn't rush to call somebody a zombie yeah it's kind of like what they say in Shaun of the dead where it's like because it's ridiculous <laughs> but it's like yeah until you know at a certain point, you got to be like, well, come on. And even in um, The Battery, which is a great modern independent zombie movie. Have you watched it, Briggs? I don't think so, no. What? Where it's the two guys on the road trip together? Oh, it's no, so good. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's like, I, I, that movie's really good. Like, the nature in that one. Uh -huh. And it's just like a heartbreaking drama as well. Like, I see it on there above One of the Dead, yeah. <laughs> it takes a it takes an interesting step by the end. I won't yeah, say no. anything else. No, yeah, the, yeah, it's a great movie overall, but... um. He's got a great line where he's like, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, then it's probably a fucking zombie. <laughs> uh, and he also has a scene where he's talking about how like zombies bang on the car is kind of like rain on a tin roof. Um, I think it's also uh, it, interesting how he establishes kind of the rules of the zombie, the modern zombie in this too, where it's like, you know, it's... It's you a viral, shoot him in the head. It's you gotta shoot him in the head. It's a viral thing for the most part, transmitted through bites. Yeah, yeah. And, but also uh, the dead will just rise. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and we've established that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. Like, because it's a little hard to tell. Because we the don't recently see, deceased will rise. Yeah, the recently deceased. So we don't see like a lot of cemeteries, like you know. Like hands bursting out of the cemetery coming yeah, that, out. We'll, no, so that, we'll that, that in, image we don't get until later. Yeah, we'll get that in Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> uh, the alternate sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe we'll touch on that trilogy one day. The makeup uh, is also really interesting. I was like, it's kind of like very heavy bags under the eyes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no, some obviously gauntness. they can't do contact lenses back then. So it's just like... Not know, like it would even... You'd be able to see it all that well in black kinda. and white, right? Well, yeah. You could well, like make the pupils smaller, like they do sometimes. Yeah. Okay. But uh, you know, and, and also like, and then there's like the scenes of the zombies like eating. And oh it's, yeah. Like, they got like, like chunks of meat falling off the bone. This yeah. is stuff, this is definitely is pretty good. The, this is definitely the first movie for sure where we actually are implying that humans are being eaten 
by other people yeah. <laughs> on screen. Like that's one thing. Romero, he he's got these staples in all of his films. Like you know, there's the Last Stand siege at the end, mm-hmm. but then there's also the feasting scene. He's oh, yeah. always got at least one good scene through each of these films where it's you like, just we're gonna eat good. Yeah, you just cut around watching the zombies eating like butcher shop scraps <sighs> and shit like that, and it is always gross and it always looks awesome and it looks especially cool here in black and white and uh, then of course the biggest thing that romero carries in over all of them is just the human uh like confrontation oh yeah more so than actually like teaming up to fight the zombies everyone's still got everyone's got their own ideas to deal with it well, it's usually pride yeah it's like it's dumb male pride <laughs> usually destroys like whatever semblance of civilization you manage to set up after the apocalypse happens and in this case it's our uh the, the producer himself trying to kill the cast by living un- in, in the basement yeah come on guys let's lock into the basement it's like, uh, you know, you really want, like, ten people crammed down there with you? You know, it's a good last resort plan, but, like, if you don't have to, why would you? <laughs> now, and, you know, like, for sure one of the scariest images, and I think it was in the scariest movie moments of all time, is when the daughter comes back and she picks up the trowel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yes. she stabs the mom, and then the scream gets kind of distorted. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was an interesting scream. And I'm just like, man, you know, Romero really was like a good director. Yeah. And like, I feel like, especially when you watch something like Creepshow, like he is very operatic and weird sometimes. Yeah. And I see why Argento maybe saw eye to eye with him a little bit. Oh, yeah. He could. Yeah. He was, him and Argento were very, very good friends and collaborators over the years. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. yeah we'll get it on the next movie, you know, they. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, and like the. The uh, corpse upstairs, there's this, like, just corpse that's, like, upstairs that's, like, a skeleton with an eyeball hanging out and, like... Yeah. Like a freshly eaten corpse. Yeah, like a partially eaten corpse. And it's, like, it's one of the most disturbing images in movie history to me because it's, like, its its mouth is open and everything. And I'm, like, it must have been a Halloween decoration covered in Hershey syrup, but, like, Probably. they really... Ha! Or, it or really like, looks or, good. Or like they get like a, you know, like science science classrooms would have yeah, skeletons. Yeah, no, an anatomy and, skeleton, and then you get a good looking eyeball. You know, a wig. They, I think. I think she's got a wig I, on. I don't know if it has. Is she? Why are you? I have no idea. How did you get she? Because oh. isn't it wearing a dress? I, I think it is, and I think they also the teenagers mentioned that it was an old woman that used to own the house. I okay, think. Oh, that's Miss Ellsbury. She's always looked like that. <laughs> I love I love that image though of so, just the she's skull an with, man. I love that image of the skull with the eyeball though because uh, Misfits also used that image as the cover art for the Night of the Living Dead single back in the late seventies, early eighties, whenever that came out. And uh, yeah, I think that was also when they were really starting to push into the horror. Misfits uh, steal a lot of art from weird horror films. Oh yeah, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Misfits. Yeah, gotta love them. I but, can't wait for Glenn Danzig to finish a third movie so that we can do our Glenn Danzig episode. Uh, yes! No, god damn it. <laughs> oh. You can go kill myself instead. I know, I was like, he got kicked out of VHS 85 for talking. <laughs> you saw the Simpsons thing, I said, you're right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was just like, where's the tits, bro? Where's the tits? Where's the tits? <laughs> I'm Glenn Danzig. Hello, bro. Oh, I'm Glenn God. Danzig. Danzig yeah. in the streets. But yeah, Night of the Living Dead. Great movie. 
Way better than Veronica. Yeah, no. <laughs> I like that saying. No, and like we watch a lot of independent movies in general on this podcast, but like, you know, independent horror and um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is very competent, but the acting is lacking. Like the script, the script is lacking. Like they yeah. seem to be improving yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I really like that in Night of Living Dead, things are concise. Nobody is bullshitting. Night Nobody of... is filling time. Yeah. Night like every of... scene matters a little bit. Yeah. And, and I mean, the actors are doing a, a, a pretty good job. I'd Dwayne say. Jones is doing an amazing job, in my opinion. This, I, I think some... the actress who plays the main girl also does a good job. No, Barbara. Oh, uh, yeah. Judith O.D. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the like the, she's Barbara. Yeah, she plays Barbara. Yeah, she's no, yeah, and, like I I I understand why Barbara is all fucked up. Yeah, and I do like at least in the Tom Savini remake, Barbara is allowed to get some agency. Yeah, they kind of they kind of do the Ripley thing with Barbara, where it's like she's like warrior woman by the end of it, and it works just like with Ripley. And uh, mm. but no, I I love this original film though because it mostly because it is such an inspiring movie. Like this, you watch this as a young aspiring filmmaker, and you're like. I can make this. Yeah. Like, yeah. literally anyone can make this movie for next to nothing it's like and clerks. probably still be effective. Just yeah. like Clerks. No, and it's... Uh, yeah. It just comes down to, it's like, hey, if you got property, if you have a truck, you can blow up, you know? <laughs> yeah. You got, like, 11 people to play zombies. You know, you'd be fine. Yeah, go for it. And some, uh, you know, you whether know, you're in school, get some classmates or... If you you're... know, Last House on the Left was made with a crew of seven people. Yeah, well, that movie wow. looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> that movie doesn't have what I'm talking about in terms of technical competence. <laughs> the Hills Have Eyes does. He mm. picks it up way by stealing the crew of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> uh, but that's Wes Craven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. And, you know, George Romero would go on to do something kind of similar to this again a few years later with the crazies in 1973 I no think? yeah and like the crazies is almost like the missing link between night of the living dead and dawn of the dead yeah because he's working on a bigger canvas but still very low budget but and it's kind of the same thing where it's like a viral outbreak in this small community and but now you're starting to get you're getting scenes with the government officials trying to exactly yeah, like the people failing guys. yeah this this does i agree this definitely feels like the missing tissue between night and dawn because by the time we get to dawn shit has hit the fan yeah i love the crazies um and the remake of The Crazies is really good. Oh, absolutely. With Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, yeah. Timothy Oliphantastic. Oof. Have you yet to see the remake? I remember seeing the original. It's pretty when, great. Uh, when Halloween with you, Crider. Yeah, the I, original. Yeah, well, I remember watching it on your couch. I yeah. would even argue The Crazies is one of those few where I, I kind of like the remake a little more. Sure. <laughs> no, 100%. But like, yeah, no, I kind of, I mean, as much as I love zombies, I'm always down for like, when people are still intelligent and they go crazy, like that's really scary. Like the sadness deals with that. Have you yeah. ever seen uh, I I drink your blood? Oh no, you you have told me about that where the kid puts the rabies rabies in the, in the meat pies. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. We definitely got to have a group sit down with that one someday. <laughs> that's None. like perfect peak grindhouse cinema. But another thing I really appreciate about Romero's films is just how we go right in. Yeah. Like we have like what maybe five minutes or so after the main credits no i know man like it's a bummer because like every zombie movie always has to have like a bunch of bullshit mm -hmm. and <laughs> like 
The Dawn of the Dead remake does a pretty good job of bringing you into it, where like the little girl comes into the room, and then you're yeah. like, yeah. And in. even still, it's like you know when she's on her way home from the hospital and whatnot. You know, you can see that like stuff in the background, not yeah. quite great right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I really love how Romero really just jumps on in. He doesn't bullshit us. It's like we get the short little back and forth between Barbara and Johnny in the cemetery, and then like five minutes later, you know, we see Bill Hensman. It's like oh. Here we go. We're off. And he does that in every single one of his uh, zombie movies. And I've always loved that. Yeah. Uh, The actor who played Johnny was in George A. Romero's other feature film, There's Always Vanilla. (laughs) Yeah, that's... uh, I've got his IMDb listed here. That's a true story. There's Always Vanilla. That's after Night of the Living Dead. Oh. Well, anyway. (laughs) If you're ever sad, guys, just remember, there's always vanilla. Is a... Night of the Living Dead is his first feature film, and mm-hmm. but before that he did a short film called Expostulation. Expostulation? Expostulations. Hmm. I don't know. Here. <laughs> uh, I would, you see that I would have kept to myself if I didn't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> no, it shows that's a, I'm that's a me move right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shows I'm brave. It shows I'm, if if someone mispronounces something, it's because they read it. <laughs> if someone, if I'm mispronouncing your word, that means you spelled it wrong. But yeah, after Night of the Living Dead, there's uh, Always Vanilla, Season of the Witch, and then he does Crazies. Oh yeah, Season of the Witch. That's one borderline that I wanted un- to check out. Borderline unwatchable. Oh, you don't like Season of the Witch? I mean, it's borderline unwatchable, but it does have a moment where she's walking around listening to the Donovan song, so at least we got that. <laughs> uh, I love that song. He also did the TV movie, O.J. Simpson, Juice on the Loose. Yeah. No way, really? Yes, really. <laughs> no, this is, this is Romero directed that one. Yes. Oh, wow. He directed that one. You're talking about Romero as a director, then? Yeah, this is all the director stuff. Okay, keep going. Uh, let's see. I'm only gonna go up to Don. This is the juice on loose back when it was a good thing, not like not know? like. Oh God, he's out on the LA freeway <laughs> like in the Bronco. Stop him! <laughs> Get him! He's trying to go back in time. Uh, there's the Winners, a TV series. Mm-hmm. Okay. The amusement park. Yeah, that's the one that's on Shutter now. Uh, a TV oh, yeah. special called Magic at the Roxy. Yeah. And then Martin. There oh, we go, Martin. Martin. Hell yeah! Yeah. How is what's Martin? Martin's about. Martin's based off a true life story of this fucking kid who thought he was a vampire. Yeah, and he would go around murdering people and taking their blood. Huh. I don't have enough blood. It's interesting how they... His they name would, was Richard Chase in real life. They would always have the uh, the straight razor blade dripping blood in the artwork for it. So it's like, you know, he doesn't have fangs, so he's just going to cut your throat open and drink your blood that way. Uh. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't know if you remember. I know Kreider will remember this. I had an idea for a box cutter vampire uh, serial killer one time. Oh, yeah, I think you did talk about no, that before. I gotta tell you, I had an idea for that where you can combine that with Little Sh- little Shop of Horrors. Oh, mm, I don't know about that. No, I don't know. It's like this woman loses her daughter and then the plant, whenever you feed it blood, it starts looking like whatever you want it to. Hmm. So the more blood you feed it, the more it looks like her dead daughter. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if I'd go that route. <laughs> but no, Martin. Martin huh. is great, and yeah. Martin. Martin is also very, very significant in that this was the, I believe, the first collaboration of many between George Romero and Tom Savini, who both did the makeup effects for Martin and acted in it as well. He plays one of the main characters in the family. Huh. Nice. That's great. Yeah. Tom Savini is an actor. 
Oh, he wanted oh, to be I one. Oh, uh, yeah. I, he I was a him. theater actor. Did, oh, did either of I you see. ever check out the Tom Savini documentary uh, that was on Shudder not uh, a few years ago? No, I should, though. Oh, it is absolutely fantastic. I mean, I already loved Tom Savini and had immense respect for him before watching it and then watching it af- after watching it. It's like, oh, I love this man. <laughs> well, you know, if we're going to start talking about Savini, maybe we should rate you want to go ahead and rate Dawn of the Dead? Living uh, Night of Living Dead? Yeah, Night, Night of Living Dead. See, I'm, I'm aching to get fr- into or that. The f- or as the fans call it, nodled. Nodled. <laughs> I will give Night of the Living Dead a solid 10 out of 10. Ooh, um, yeah, I'm not going to give it a 10 out of 10, but I will give it a solid 7 out of 10. Because, you know, I mean, like, it's, it is it is a really good movie, and it's got, like, a, it's got solid characters. Certainly mm-hmm. the, the, the main character is fantastic. But I mean, like the and as but as good as the special effects are, uh, you know, it still kind of shows its age in it, a lot oh of places. Yeah. Like you know, you like especially with the teenager characters <laughs> who are not I, good. I feel like I'm watching some kind of shitty like uh, a biker like greaser drama <laughs> thing with the whenever they're on screen. You know, and, and I which get, is so I'm glad they die so quickly. I, I get where you're coming from, but I, I I give it as high a rating as I do. Not so much just because of the film itself and the competence that it's made with, but also just like just the ramifications <laughs> of this film, like what it would go on to inspire its place in horror. Like this film, oh for sure. Without this film, it is such an important film overall in in regard to the greater horror genre that i just i see it as a masterpiece in that regard like i just feel like you know as great as it is it builds on it it does it definitely does it's not i give it a 10 but it's not my favorite in the trilogy so what do you give it Kreider? i give it a nine of the living dead oh yes and um yeah this is this is the biggest knife twist ending in horror history like i'm trying to think of like oh yeah what like what are some other horror movie endings that really devastate? I mean, um, the thing I Wolf, would say Wolf Creek. Yeah, Wolf Creek. Yeah, no, thing doesn't devastate. The thing is just kind of like, eh, fuck it. No, Wolf, you know? Wolf Creek for sure, because it's like you think this girl's gonna get away. No, no, she's dead. Or like Donald Sutherland in Body Snatchers. Oh, know, absolutely, like, yeah. Or, oh, yeah, um, that is a really good one. Yeah, yeah, like just you know, like. Because the thing isn't really like a twist, a knife twist ending, you know? It's no. not like something like horrible happens. It's like, well, fuck it. You might be the thing. I might be the thing. We'll just see what happens. We're two of the best actors in the 1980s, though. <laughs> we can agree on that. But no, yeah, th- this one, this though. Is, yeah, this, like... is, this is an ending that really hurts because you really love this character. He's a he's mm-hmm. competent. He's kind. And he, he, he did his best to do everything right. It's just, unfortunately, he was surrounded by, like, either incompetent or like pig-headed or stupid people and yeah. they were like hey right between the eyes bang and the when he's telling the story about him surviving the diner and everything and how all that went to hell you know it's like oh you you, you see that this guy's just kind of like really trying to just find where he can like survive yeah. yeah and then ultimately just dies and then like you know you watch the credits you know it's got they cut to like the uh montage of still photos and it's like they're burning him on a heap next to the bill hensman with, zombie with meat hooks and everything yeah. yeah i do like how like you know like a life i feel like a lot of zombie fiction kind of falls into this trap of like uh you know like Oh, tough guys, survivalist groups with guns and you know good old boys like yeah. they're the ones that are gonna save us but 
you know they're just as they're they're just as like uh, fuck uppery as like any other like group could have. Yeah, yeah they'll like, just no shoot anything perfect. they see. No, and they obviously didn't do a very good job because, as we see in the next movie, <laughs> there's more zombies. Because the move, because it almost makes it look like they're like saving the world. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, the ending almost implies that they've got a handle on it. Yeah, but yeah, clearly not. Clearly, this nope. is just a this is a small pocket of a very large problem. <laughs> it's it's like in in day, which we'll talk about later. It's like Doctor Logan. You know, he's having the back and forth with Rhodes about how it's like, Rhodes is like, oh, I just want to shoot the mothers in the head. And he's like, oh, time been to do that would have been at the beginning, but yeah. let him overrun us. <laughs> that, so. I, I'm trying to remember, is the meteorite in this one? Oh, yeah. Yes, this, this they is. do mention a meteorite. So that, okay, before we get off of night, that's another thing I really love is that they never pinpoint exactly what is causing this. Like, It sounds to me like they perfectly blame the meteorite. Yeah. But still, it's like, you know, how there's also the chance of a virus or bacteria or something like that. Is it something from space? Like contamination from like Venus or something the probe was from? But yep. then like going oh, yeah, it was in, a probe, not a meteorite. But then going into dawn, there's none of that. Like what the fuck is going on? What's causing this? And in day, you know, it's treated as more of a viral thing. And well, you know, like, once it's once it's run, it's it like doesn't matter how it happened. It just matters like how are we going to deal with it's it? It's happening. That's true. That's very true. It's like it's like who cares if it was the Chinese's fault? We gotta cure COVID. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> uh, but right. they say the night is darkest before just before the, the dawn. <gasps> I'm wearing a shirt. It's Batman. Good morning. I'm Russ Georgia reporting to you from the mall where the only currency still in circulation is bullets and allegory. I was hoping this would be a valid price for an interview with the local survivors of the walking vexation, but they were uninterested in speaking with others, sealing the doors and hoarding the wealth. Shocker. A local Mad Max fan club was asked for their opinion, quoting, Aw shit, let get us some guzzoline and shiny bits for a bit of a rum tugger. Survivors of the survivor battle were unwilling to comment as they ran in frustration from the corpses dead and unliving. All I can say, dear viewers, I need a vacation. <laughs> oh. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's, um... Yeah, it's a, it's a tough move going to the mall because you do paint a target on your back. Yeah, but it's... God, it's so genius. Like, using a mall like a castle, basically. You just have, yeah. like, everything hoarded in there. No, but it's they just were... just clear out everything. They were guarding against zombies, not against people. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, like, if they had more people, they could do a better job against the people. They could, they could create a little community in yeah, there. Yeah, they could easily... I mean, I've written a lot of concepts like that where... Like, I've talked to Kreider about the idea of, like, little, like, townships living inside of a mall and, like little uh and all the little stores act like homes kind of a like yeah. a feudal system where like you know like the pet like you have the peasant who lives at their farm or the blacksmith who lives at their blacksmith and that sort of thing like i've always liked that idea i've also you know big fan of uh uh shoot a uh, what's that god great comic hold on i'm blanking on it but you know the idea of malls like as the one a where the guys space. like the security guard yeah the security guard something usa or something yeah just, but yeah, malls are good allegory for how we like convenience at our fingertips. Yeah, we love to spend our money on shit we don't need. American yeah. flag. 
American flag. It's about uh, Briggs. American flag is great. It's about a like like it's a future world. Uh, it's about a guy who uh, he can't make it as an actor, so he becomes a security guard in a city that's basically just a giant mall. So when we adapt this into a movie, you know who we got to get to play the main character, right? Who? Chris Evans, Paul Blart. Oh, oh no. Kevin James. Kevin Kevin James is uh, he's making a comeback meme wise. Yeah, slightly. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> I think it's because he's got a stupid fucking face. <laughs> but or it's yeah. like you know who else has a stupid fucking face? Me. I'm gonna post Kevin James's stupid fucking face, and people be like, "Ah, me when I'm like, I'm stupid." <laughs> but My so, face when I'm stupid. If you if you couldn't tell from our Kevin James conversation, we are now talking about Dawn of the Dead. Uh, so Romero, it would yes. be pretty great if there was a Paul Blart Dawn of the Dead crossover. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But he like dies immediately. You know, there is. We still need a third Paul Blart film. Really? Oh. There's not. A, there's there's not. You a know third. what they're gonna do is they're gonna do a shitty prequel. You know? um, Ugh. But yeah, so, you know, Romero, he makes Night of the Living Dead, <laughs> puts it out in 1968, takes a decade, and gives us this. And, yep. uh, you know, I don't know if he ever really had any aspirations for a sequel to Dawn of the Dead, or to Night of the Living Dead, but, you know, you know who really liked Night of the Living Dead? Who? Dario Argento. Mm. Uh. Dario Argento was early on in his career at this point. I mean, like at this point. So I think if uh, if I remember correctly, I'd have to look it up to um, get the facts straight. But it was around 76, 77, I think, when him and Romero first linked up. George, you should make another zombie movie. <laughs> I'm Dario Argento. You sound, you sound like Marlon Brando, though. Now I do. <laughs> but no, at, at this point in Argento's career, you know, Deep Red, Four yeah. Flies on Grey Velvet, um, Bird of the Crystal Plumage. You know, he's made some things now that have gotten him a little bit of international recognition. And uh, So he co-wrote the script with Romero, right? I believe so, yeah. He yeah. brought Romero out to Italy and they worked on the script together, I think. Holy and, cow. I'm making a nice manicotti and we're going to write a good zombie script. You and me, Romero. We're going to be best friends forever. Yeah, uh, don't you want to fuck my daughter? <laughs> Everybody wants to fuck my daughter. Dario Gento is very crass. Uh, yeah. You should hear uh, fucking Tolkien. Anyway. <laughs> but no, yeah, he, they worked on the script together, I believe. And uh, fun fact, actually, while he was in Italy, while Romero was in Italy, he also met coincidentally on vacation in uh italy uh a young boy came up to him with his family talking about night of the living dead and the crazies and you know shit that he had seen from him that he was a big fan he he's said from, hands up mister he's from he's from pittsburgh like romero turns out this was a young greg nicotero oh wow what greg yeah. nicotero as well holy crap yep. cool yeah of course he would go on to join savini's crew for day of the dead as well as playing one of the background soldiers in that one and then of course taking Running. up the reins on uh on uh land of the dead i believe and, and then uh, now he runs walking dead yep mm-hmm. which we won't hold against him <laughs> no uh-uh. he also worked on evil dead 2 right evil dead 2 halloween 5 army um, of darkness Yes, Army of Darkness as Yay. well. Yeah, no, K and B effects. They they did a lot of the early uh, early stuff. Wow, um, in like late eighties, early nineties. Um, That's amazing. But no, yeah, Dawn of the Dead though. Um, 
Yeah, Argento helped write the script for this one, I think. And then also after it was they were done shooting it, I believe he edited his own version for release in the in the European uh, uh, European territories, and uh, which is called Zombie, which of course is how Lucio Fulci later on makes his unofficial sequel, nah. Zombie Two, <laughs> which is released at stateside as Zombie. Zombie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Is just so great. I will say, I, I think I do kind of like uh, Fulci zombies a little more than Romero zombies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, well, they're a little more gooey, aren't yeah, they? They're definitely yeah, definitely nastier. They, they look like corpses that you've pulled out of a, of a grave. No, 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 no. Like, Romero doesn't use contact lenses for his zombies. Like, yeah. they always have their regular eyes, which is interesting. And I like that, too, because, like I said, it just further sells that notion of these are your friends and family. They were normal people at one point, and now they're just out to kill you because they're mindless killing machines yeah it's mostly like cloudy greenish bluish like honestly i'm i'm more scared of the romero zombies than any zombies in any fulci movies because it's like yes i know that's a dead body that just crawled up out of the ground after being buried for decades romero zombie literally just walked out of the bedroom next to mine that's lombardo and veronica trying to kill me now (laughs) like (laughs) yeah and they are like this wave you Mm -hmm. know that's like we um an early scene in this that's like very unsettling is uh, when the police are raiding an apartment full of like oh, tenants yes. that are some that are like keeping all their infected family members. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they have to like essentially break in, and it's like very disturbing. You got a yeah. white guy dressed as a Latino. You got a couple white guys that are kind of like doing a, a West Side Story, like tan, orange face. Um, <laughs> you, with, with, I don't know if they got like wigs or something. You know, one, thing so I, bad. one thing I think is cool about Dawn is uh, obviously he's working on a bigger budget. It's a bigger film this time around. So unlike Night of the Living Dead, we have actual set pieces scattered throughout this one. Like we have the apartment uh, building scene where the SWAT's raiding. We also have them trying to lock up the mall on the inside we have yeah no this one has action elements for sure oh yeah oh and i I love the opening of the newsroom in absolute chaos yes you got people sleeping in the studio yeah now we open on our heroine our pregnant heroine it's this great shot scene and uh the goblin score comes in and it's just this yeah and we just know that like the shits hit the fan and um one of my favorite novels and, uh, you know, like a great TV show as well, but like a great novel was The Stand by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I, you know, I've not read The Stand, but I've heard many great things. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and like, it was a pretty good miniseries, but... Um, it helped me get snacks off the top shelf. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big book. But uh, a lot of that comes, a lot of that Dawn of the Dead element of chaos, like, is in The Stand, where it's like the news people kind of losing their minds and like, yeah. I've always wanted to do a good newsroom set horror movie. Yeah, no, it's a, it's tough. It would be interesting to do it nowadays because media has changed so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like if you were really doing a zombie movie, you'd have to have like this multi-pronged approach where it's like cell phone video, security video, news video, you know? You you'd, could, you'd have like streamers reacting like, what a fucking liar, dude. I know, and like you'd for sure have someone like playing a video game on a green screen <laughs> getting just like... You could you 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 know you mentioned cell phone and security cam video. You could probably make a really great analog horror zombie movie nowadays. Yeah, no, that hasn't quite. Analog horror is getting a little too doppelgangery. Mm-hmm. So why not try other? Yeah, why not avenues? try? Yeah, like, I was gonna. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna. 
<laughs> well, at the end, we'll talk a little bit about an analog horror project that should be dropping any day now. So, oh, yeah. uh, we're gonna promote it. <clears throat> yeah, but, uh, but, uh, yes. I, I, something I do like about this movie also with the police raid, how like, like hardly hard politically it gets because the the cops are like, you know, you got some that are like really like horrified by what's happening, but then you got some that are just like way too into it. It's like let's blow Yum. up there. Puerto Rican asses. Yeah, you got Wooly. He's uh, he's your crazy man here, and yeah, he, he's just uh, blowing uh, regular people's faces off. Oh, you yeah. get you get one of the best head explosions ever like, in this one. Holy shit! <laughs> just kicks down the door. Just ah! boom. Yeah, this is this. So this is obviously Savini's first time working on a zombie movie with Romero, and so it is way more gruesome. It's like watching Carpenter go from Halloween to the Thing. It's oh, like, yeah, I know, oh. right? <laughs> Like, like, we're, we got an effects budget, and we're going to fucking use it. My favorite part is the guy coming up with the really obviously fake head, but then he stands up on the crate, and like the helicopter blade takes the top of his head <laughs> oh, off. Oh, yeah, he's got like the Frankenstein flat top going and, on. And then just, <laughs> and then just yeah, big piece of his head just falls off, and the guy's like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that, that, I'm glad that worked itself out. Yeah, our, our main characters with this one are, as you said, Francine from the newsroom. You got uh, her shitty boyfriend, who's the incel, Stephen, and uh, then Steve, and then our two cops, Peter and Roger. One uh, of them played by Ken Forey, a oh, returning actor yes. for the podcast. Wait, when was the last time we had Ken Forey in the podcast? Wasn't he in um, Saw Three? Saw three. We've never. Oh, oh Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, he, he was. was. He okay. was. He yeah. was Benny, the survivalist. Yes. I was gonna. I was gonna wait to call you racist, but you're right. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, we got Ken Forey, and uh, I think this is his first horror role. Um, no, and he is kind of the uh, proto Keith David in this. I'd say. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Like, he's you know, he's like the most level headed of the bunch because it's like Roger is a cocky little shit. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, he's, he's, I hate Roger more than ever with this one. Although yeah. it seems, like it seems like Roger is like you know at the start kind of seeming like a fairly like chill headed guy, but yeah, then it's like he, the action I guess got to him. He's yeah, no, very level headed he to begin much. with. And yeah, he's very level-headed to begin with, and then yeah, he just kind of like went. I guess when they start to realize how easily they're able to seal up the mall, it starts to go to his head a little bit, and then he slips up and he's he, done mad with power. Yeah, and then he gets bit and multiple times, so it's like, oh, he's fucked, he's dying now. So yeah, he's he sucks. Steven sucks. He's kind of an arrogant douchebag throughout most of this, and then Fran. Fran is great also, but. She's kind of also at the same time struggling to kind of not lose her mind throughout all of this because she is very pregnant throughout Mm -hmm. all of this. I know, and like she's living up in that storage unit and they turn Mm -hmm. it into a really lovely apartment. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they got like, yeah, like it starts off as just like this big cut, like room room full full of spam. spam. Yeah. Great food, by the way. Spam and Jack Daniels. Yeah, which is all you really need to survive the zombie apocalypse. But that's all you need for like a regular day, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but they yeah. got greedy and they went to the rest of the mall. And, but yeah, then they turned it into they got like a nice TV that they just keep on. That's like all like black white noise. They have yeah. a vinyl collection. They got a vinyl collection. They got some nice rugs and a couch. And you, some... you gotta believe that there was like a day 
Or they were just like, you know, shopping around like, let's take that couch upstairs. Yeah. I'll bet you anything, all the plants in that apartment are fake as hell. Oh, <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. There's no sunlight. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, even her, though, you know, she's struggling to keep her sanity to an extent. And I feel like Peter's the only one of the group that really kind of just keeps his cool, like, from the beginning all the way through to the end. Like, he's even when he wants to stay behind, when, you know, shit's hit the fan, they got to evacuate the mall, the zombies are coming up. He's like, no, I don't want to go. I'm, I'm good. I'm cool. Like, Peter, like, he definitely has, like, what would probably, like, you know, destroy anybody's sanity is seeing just, like, the basement full of, like, corpse, like, yeah. zombies, like, locked down in there. And know the weird priest that comes through is like, you are stronger than us, but soon I think they will be stronger than you. Yeah, and, and you know, he brings in also, it's like Roger's question, it's like, why do they keep him here? It's like, oh, because they still believe there's respect in dying. Plus, Peter gets extra, extra brownie points, too, because he gives us our iconic tagline as well. Yeah, it's on the poster. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Yep. Yeah. What do you think of that, guys? No, and it's funny because he does deliver that line in the remake, but in a completely different context. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> yeah, he plays a conservative preacher. Mm-hmm, on oh, TV. wow. Interesting. It's like, this is what happens when you kill unborn babies. When you have man-on-man relations. You man-on-man relations. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard about this. Like, I, I listened to, like, a video essay. I still haven't seen the movie itself yet, but I've, like, I listened to a video essay once about how, like, the original movie is kind of like you know keeps it more open minded and is a bit more like left leaning in its politics. Yeah. But the uh, the the James Gunn remake is more like conservative in its origins of the I zombies. Get a, I get a vibe sometimes that James Gunn is oddly Christian. I could see that. Like I, the way Super is like has a weirdly Christian <laughs> message. Remember, even if it's like not exactly the most positive Christian message, because he's still a crazy man. <laughs> yeah, he still murders people. Um, I don't know though. I feel like the remake. I feel like that's really kind of the only part when it really dips enough into that to give you that vibe. Because the rest of it, the remake really kind of misses the mark on any of the social commentary. The original, the remake is just there's zombies everywhere. We're gonna kill the fuck out of all of them. Um, They're like fast. Yes, it's like the. It's not the start of the fast moving, but it's certainly one of the popularizing things. Well, it's the second one to do it after Twenty Eight Days Later. Uh, Mm -hmm. No, it's the third one to do it after Return of the Living Dead. Oh no, I'm in that era. But yeah. Oh yeah, in that era, sure. Yeah, but no, like, um, after oh, twenty days later. Yeah. You know, we didn't touch on this much. I feel another thing that I really like about Romero's zombies compared to like Fulci's, for instance, is that they still have enough like mental capacity to use tools. Yeah, and which weapons. is pretty freaky. Yeah, something I do like is how like uh the the concept of the reason why they're all crowding in the malls because they remember uh, it. They remember it. This is this was a big part of what they did when they were alive. And you'll see some like carrying like uh, like someone's carrying like a hammer or something. Well, uh, yeah, he. I I don't know if he's carrying a hammer, but there is the one. Oh, wait, he's hold, oh right, he grabs one of the rifles and he's just yes. holding it awkwardly above him. Like, yeah. Exactly, just kind of puzzled, like, oh, what's this? And he's holding it through the whole thing. And then at the very end, when Ken Foree's trying to get away, he grabs his, Ken Foree's other rifle and is kind of like holding him, like kind of looking at him like, oh, what? One or the other? And he consciously picks one over the other. Yeah, the new like, one. Yeah. And he's, yeah, and then it's, 
it was a bub or one of the later zombies, he would have fucking bub, 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 and yeah, right. out, kept both of them. No, but like even in the first one, though, I mean, like the Bill Hensman zombie is running actually no, after and he picks Barbara. Up a brick to break open the car window. And, yep, and which then is pretty even, horrifying. And then even outside of the house, you know, they're grabbing rocks and boards and shit like that to beat on the windows to try to get in. So I think I think it's interesting that Romero. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for how smart his zombies are at times. Yeah, I feel like I feel definitely with when it comes to Romero, like he set a lot of great standards that have just kind of, kind of been lost by the wayside with time. You know, for the sake of like simple like targets. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and, and know, it's a like, shame. Like Land of the Living Dead was kind of you the mean Land uh, of the Dead. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> it would have worked better. Same but, thing. Land of the Dead and even Island of the Dead kind of dip into that in weird ways. Where Island like, of the Dead? I think he means Survival of the uh, Dead. F- fucking goddamn it! <laughs> Sorry, it takes place on a goddamn island. Yeah, <laughs> it's his last movie. Holy yep. crap! Yeah, and it's not his worst. It's really, better. I've heard that it's worse than Diary. No, I don't think so. Hmm. At least it's a regular movie, and it's got a it's got a cooler character. You I know, s- guys. I still haven't watched Survival. We could- Survival's not bad. We could do another Romero trilogy with Land of, Diary of, and Survival of. Believe it or not, we have actually discussed this in the past. Yeah, we might do it. I mean... That sounds like torture, though. It's not... If there are anything like diary. I don't know. Land Land is awesome. Land is great. Like, so what... You know what? Actually, I'm going to stick a pin in this. I'm going to revisit Land when we're talking about day. Because I feel like there's a lot of day's DNA in Land. Okay. But, uh, But no, Dawn, though, like, you know, obviously, like, he's touching on, like themes of consumerism and whatnot with the the whole mall setting. This is, I think, fairly early on in the concept of like an actual big shopping mall. Like, yeah, it was one of the first ones open for sure. Yeah. Now they had to film this during hours of operation, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Like not during hours of during out, like the mall didn't close up. Like, yeah, they, they were open when they weren't shooting. Huh. You know, this is also the only one of this trilogy that has multiple cuts that are readily available as well. Yeah, because we watched the director's cut for this one, right? Yeah, we watched the can cut for this one, which in hindsight, I kind of regret. Like, I, I, I wanted to because I thought you guys would be interested in the other footage. But uh, I mean, all it was was like that scene where the cops are trying to rob them. Yeah. Yeah, you, you at and least have others. a little more like because you, you set up the cops trying to rob them and like shake them down. Which is what is a little more understanding when they're like, you guys get any cigarettes? And they're like, nope. And then they have them when they're flying off. I just yeah. always took that as like, as a smoker, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like, but, it's the end of the world. There aren't any more cigarettes, bro. But it makes sense after you try to rob me. But yeah, there's the original theatrical cut. There's the extended director's cut. There's Argento's zombie cut from Europe also. Or if you're a maniac like I am, you'll go online and seek out the mall hours cut, which is all three versions edited together into one long film. It's like, I think, close to three hours long. Oh, yeah. I don't want to watch that. (laughs) I've watched it. It's great. I love it. Yeah. So the director's (laughs) cut, um, I think one scene that we kind of get that was kind of cool was Ken Foray goes to Roger's grave Mm -hmm. after they've had to blow his head off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, he goes, they've buried him next to the fountain. So the, he's like, he's drinking champagne. And those usual little, like, kind of mulched spaces for trees. God, I'll bet the inside of that mall stinks so bad. Yeah, we shouldn't have buried him in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. It feels... He was the dad in Keenan and Kel. He was. Yes, yeah. he was. 
I remember when I when I met when I met him in two thousand eight. Uh, he actually had Keenan and Kel photos he could sign at the at the table. Also, well, I mean, Aww. for nineties kids, like that's a huge deal. Oh yeah, like he was, cause, especially because Kel was so afraid of him. You know, so I I also <laughs> like too how it's like so they seal up the mall. Then Roger died. Like they they start to kind of live their lives again. You know, of course Roger finally passes on, and they have to put him down. But then after that, you know, we, after Jack that, Nichols, he, was, he was getting really Jack Nicholsony. Yeah, you know, before actor, he died, that actor much. was Nicholsoning really hard, hardcore. <laughs> yeah, this is a rare psychological condition where you Nicholson. Yeah, and it, it, it will usually involve trying to break through a surface with like a tool. It affects a lot of uh, late seventies, early eighties actors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys in their 30s in the 70s and 80s. And, yeah. uh, Want to know a fun fact about the actor that plays Roger? What? I, so I, I, I was doing a little bit of research. Apparently, the actor, whose name is Scott Renninger, uh, he, uh, Renninger, he uh, apparently has, a, he has Afghan lineage, and he is actually the Prince of Gur. Which is a providence in western Afghanistan. Interesting. So, Interesting. Yeah. yeah I, so I wonder how long it would take me to connect him to. <laughs> he. It's. I'm. I'm reading Don't here off of, off of his Wikipedia that his great 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 grandfather was the first American to set foot in Afghanistan, and right. that he was granted sovereignty in perpetuity. Perpetuity. Well, that's. <laughs> and that's when the trouble started. Yeah. But uh, yeah, fun, fun, fun. <laughs> Little fun facts here and there that mean nothing. But, but um, uh, I, the, the I, effects in this movie, <laughs> incredible, are Ooh. so wild. Sometimes you know, there's some really good and great gooey, like you know, like when the bikers attack the mall, and you know, some of them are just getting torn apart. Mm-hmm. But then there's yeah, some silly ones where it's like. Uh, you know, they're just kind of tossing zombies about, and it's a little silly. Yeah, see, that's that's one of the things that kind of holds this one back for me uh, in the long run is that some of the it, dummy work. It, yeah. Well, not no. I, I trust. Trust me, I love a good dummy shot. I know when, you do. But uh, no, it does get a little too silly. Like you know, they have the kind of the lighthearted music playing. There's a fucking pie fight like he's got the bottle <laughs> the of, he's throwing pies and yeah. squirting them with like soda yeah it's like what is this a fucking cartoon all like it it just it doesn't quite vibe with the rest of the film and I just it just kind of takes me out of it a little i just love so much that it's like you know once the shit hits the fan and it's clear that the biker's got to get out of there there's that one guy's like guys i gotta check my blood pressure oh, yeah, really quickly great. and then uh, and then he sticks his arm back in the blood pressure. Because at first he's doing it, and they're like, come on, man, what are you doing? Someone's shooting at us. And then like when it gets even worse, he's like, I got to check my blood pressure, you guys. And then the zombies <laughs> get him. It's, uh, it's a very health-conscious biker. Guys, I haven't been able to check my blood pressure in so long. <laughs> but I they, mean, don't also, ha- they don't have those machines anymore. Uh, no, they, they have them. Yeah, like, no, uh, you can find them. Yeah, like uh, at the Publix that I shop at, they got them. Oh, our shopping is a pleasure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're shopping you, is indeed a pleasure. Can you weigh yourself? Yes. Cool. They, <laughs> but, took, they took away the scale at mine. I wonder why. I don't know. That's weird. 
But no, like, yes, the effects in this are absolutely fantastic. I mean, you can still very, very much tell that it's very early Savini effects. It's um, very, like, almost neon blood, which I like. Yeah, the blood. I do like that. I like yeah. it a lot. Very it's, hammer horror. It's got very the red sus- Very blood. Suspiria, almost Argento. And then these are the blue zombies, which I love. Like, when me and Briggs did a music video in school, we did blue zombies. Well, I mean, Sam was in that video. No, I... I'm, the audience doesn't know that. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, but you only talked about yourself and Briggs. Okay, sorry. Well, okay, yeah. You're, We're all you're, here. You're I got in you, it. Sam. Okay, yes. Uh, but then when we turned Sam into a zombie, he wasn't blue. He just had like makeup over his face, like scratches well, and I eyeliner. Well, he was fresh. And, you know, yeah, I'm fresh. The blue, yeah. the blue doesn't spread. Yeah, it doesn't or spread it, right away. Or is it the 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 red has to like drain and yeah, then the I turn blood blue? Drains out of your feet. Maybe. But uh, turns out of your feet, and then you turn into it. But no, the the zombies though there there are some very great kills in this though. Like obviously we mentioned the head explosion from earlier. Uh, You also have um, didn't Roger shoot a kid, (laughs) like a kid zombie? No, that Uh, no Ken Four uh, did. Ken Four, yeah, he Peter did. Yeah, they when he gets a cup of coffee. Then they come out like, he like just blows them away. Oh yeah, he fonzes a coffee machine back to life, and and you know he does fonzie the coffee machine back to life. How how are we feeling about the bites in this one? Oh, really good man. Oh, I God. love like a good chunk coming out. I love the evolution of zombie bites in in not just in these movies, but in just in general the zombie genre because it's like in this one. Yeah, we don't actually get any on camera bites in Night of the Living Dead. No, there are no on camera bites in Night. And this one when. They are bitten. They're literally just biting whole chunks out of them. Yeah, you, you just see, see like a piece of sinew. Pulled. Well, no, you don't even really see that as much in this one. But in day, you get that a lot. Very oh, good. Good. Them? Okay. so good. But yeah, when Roger gets bitten while well, he's being a stupid idiot, yeah, <laughs> and it's like they have like unlimited tools, and he's like, "I need my bag." <laughs> it's like, like, oh, my left, my goddamn bag. <laughs> yeah, we're good, man. We got this by the ass, bro. He's like Rigby. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. He is the Rigby of the group. Dude, you need to calm down. So he's Rigby. Is Mordecai... Mordecai's Flyboy. Okay. Steve, yeah. yeah, And then Skips is obviously Peter. Yeah, and and then you have... So who's going to... you got to calm down. Who's going to be Fran? Is that going to be CJ or is it going to be Margaret? I guess it's got to be Margaret. Maybe it's Eileen, you know, the the smart one. (laughs) Well, no, because that would imply Rigby, uh, Mordecai is in a thing with Eileen. Mar- yeah. I, I don't see Mordecai knocking it's a bu- up Eileen. It's a bummer. I guess it would have to be Margaret because she's a news lady. Nah, yeah, yeah, true. Oh, oh yeah. There you go. That, that makes but, sense. Um, you know, and then the leader of the bikers is Muscle Man. Oh, God. Oh, my Savage. God. Of course, Savage. of course, Tom Savini's going to be Muscle Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, no, we also, uh, you know, the bikers, you know, we get great kills with that as well. Like, we got, we talked about the guy checking his blood pressure. But also, you get a uh, appearance from Tom Savini's effects partner, Tasso Stavrakis, who is the guy that gets his stomach torn open oh, and the yeah. intestines exposed. Oh, man, that's like, is that, that like a first we get when it comes to the, that type of thing? 
thing. I think so. Yes, completely opening people like their presence, which we get like even better in Day of the Dead. Yeah, we'll oh, and, to, and even sooner than that, you know, right after this, you have or kind of alongside this, you have the rise of the cannibal genre in Italy Uh-oh. in the late seventies, early eighties, and they had, there's a lot of really gnarly intestine shots really? in those movies. Really quality cinema. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. If you haven't seen it, there's a movie called Doctor Butcher M.D. It's a total Fulci zombie ripoff. It's like, oh, we're on a tropical island and there's zombies and cannibals and blah blah blah. On a tropical there's island. a there's a great shot in that where the cannibals like surround them. They grab this one guy and you have one on either side holding him by the arms and another one just rushes in and stabs him in the stomach and rips downward and his guts just all start falling out and it looks so great. Oh God! <laughs> but it's yes, easy because they could actually kill people in Italy. Yeah, that's uh. how they got the effects so good. But uh. no, I, I feel like yeah, this might have been the dawn. Might have been one, of, at least one of the first to show us intestines actually being pulled out explicitly like that. I bet this was a video nasty. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I will say. I just want to say a little bit back. I, I think the bikers having fun with the zombies. That just kind of shows that they know how to fight zombies in a way. I think. Well, it also like, shows it that they don't, they don't take thing, they don't take things as seriously as we do. Yeah. True. I just I feel like the the delivery of that whole scene could have been a little better because like with the music and everything, it just it's, it it just takes me out of it a little bit. But then we're back in and we're fucking you back know, in. Like eccentric bikers are a reoccurring theme today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like one thing I I touched on earlier and then we got sidetracked was um so Roger dies. And I like how they try to go back to just living a normal life. You know, like Stephen and Fran are trying to, like, he tries proposing to her and she shuts him down. She's like, that's stupid. <laughs> but to, be, like, to be fair, it is stupid. Yeah. It is. I think Stephen is being a kind of a jerk where he's like, no, I fly the helicopter, only me. And that's why you guys need me. Yeah, no, yeah, because she wanted to learn how to fly a helicopter and shoot a gun. And it's like, well, then what good am I? Yeah, there's a major inferiority complex going on with Steven's character, and he sucks. But, uh, no, I like how they do try to go back to living a normal life inside of a mall surrounded by zombies. And it just, like, it's such a depressing scene by the end of it, like, with the music and everything. Now, there is, um, what's interesting is, like, both this and the remake have the montage of, like, just life. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and like the remake is amazing because it has the um, Richard swing, Cheese, yeah, the swing version of uh, down, down with, with the, the sickness. sickness. Oh my god, Come on, get up, get down with the sickness. And instead of playing tennis on the roof, they're playing golf. Mm-hmm. And like it's other the stuff. dude from Modern Family. Yeah, the dad from Modern Family plays <laughs> the world's biggest asshole in the Dawn of the Dead remake. I think in huh. that same montage, he's also filming a sex tape with yeah. one of the other girls. Yeah, with one of the chicks, and like. Yeah, it's a, but you know, it's like, yeah, and the problem with the mall is like, you, you have almost everything you need, which is like, this is a mall with food stores, which like, none of the malls that we have, like, have a good food store. Yeah, no, uh-huh. like, the, mo- the closest I could think of is like, Sawgrass with a Kmart next to it. Then like, what would Kmart. we have? Kmart. Is it, is it? No, a, it's Target. Oh, it's Target. Okay, I get them confused. Yeah. Kmart, Walmart, Target, and then you get hit in the face. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. did, did kids ever do that to you in elementary school? No. No. Not because they were afraid of you. Nope. No, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, no. no one was no. afraid of me in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
That there are some weird stores in this mall. Like you have like, a gun store in the yeah, mall. Yeah, which is not, not just a gun, a real, a real thing. Not a yeah. gun, not just a gun store. It's like an antique gun store because they've got like old West cylinder guns in there. Yeah, and it's no, like they got a cool safari guns. <laughs> and it's like the thing that bugs me the most is that fucking Steve has shotgun shells but no shotgun. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. I'm just like you just wear those because they look cool. Yeah, it's just. He, he's Poser. Got, he's got some serious Jerry from fucking Rick and Morty. <laughs> Steve, thank God. God's turning people into zombies. I'm the one shooting them. Thank me. <laughs> and he early on has a scene where he almost shoots Peter in the face. Yeah, that's in the that's in the refueling scene where we get the zombie getting the top of the head lopped yeah, and off. Like, and then he just like points the gun at him. He's like, "Scary, isn't it?" Yeah, never point a gun at another man, Mister. <laughs> Mister, yeah. <laughs> Ken Forey has an amazing voice. Oh, he, he does. does. He really does. When we first meet him. He's wearing a gas mask. He's like, "You ain't alone down here, son." Yeah, he's the one that kills Wooly in the in the raid. Yeah, I know. And it's like, yeah, he's like, he's worried because he's gonna get ratted out by it or something. Like I didn't see nothing. I didn't see nothing. And then they're like, "Well, let's be best friends until the you know that out the world's ended." Yeah, right. They clearly it's interesting because like they don't seem to have any real attachments. No, they don't even have a connection. Like at the start, they're just kind of like I guess it's just mutual like yeah. trauma, basically. It's well, like no, I, could, I, know. I could run. I know a guy with a helicopter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think he was planning on meeting up with them. I yeah, guess no, he a- was no. Peter was Roger was going to meet up with them. Yeah. And he just invites he invites uh, Peter. Peter along because like yeah fuck it yeah Need why an not? extra hand thank but, God uh, yeah <laughs> he's uh, like the most competent of all of them God yeah. imagine imagine how badly Stephen and Fran would have been screwed if they didn't take Peter <laughs> yeah right yeah, it would have been just Roger just nickel sinning yeah and they probably would have left the mall and then uh, died <laughs> and we have a fun montage where they see a bunch of rednecks just shooting zombies oh that's a great scene because it's, it's literally like video game style where they shoot a car's gas tank and it explodes and see, then the zombies just fall down see that's the level of goofiness in this film that i actually don't mind just because it is as early on in the film we haven't gotten as deadly serious yet so i'm kind of still in with it and yeah, it's it's great. I I want to see more of those posses like getting fucked, you know, because like obviously they die. So like I want to see a scene where like a posse, like you know, in in Halloween or something, they get fucked up or like they shoot each other and then something, you know, they like drop a grenade or like something. a comedy of errors or like uh, <laughs> they, they they don't see the zombies coming and then they get like. Uh, drunk and have a party or something yeah like they get attacked without a sneak attack kind of thing happen see that's another thing that i like more about romero's zombies than fulci's zombies is that fulci obviously due to lower budget of course only has like probably under a dozen zombies on screen at any one time romero and they also teleport see the thing with romero is by this time you know he's a name in pittsburgh you know he shoots all his stuff in <laughs> he's pittsburgh. a name well no in but pittsburgh <laughs> well it's like night of the living dead was as popular as it was you know he's made all these other movies up to now so when he says he's making a zombie movie in Pittsburgh, people will show up. No, yeah, and, and so it's a cool his, thing. His zombies will swarm people. I I think uh, one of the most horrifying shots in this movie is uh, so in the biker gang. There's this one nerd who's got an old fashioned Tommy gun, <laughs> and yeah. he's riding on the sidecar of this motorcycle. And Ken Forey shoots his ass, and he falls off of the motorcycle once they're outside. 
and he recovers fairly quickly, but he's like kneeling on one knee still, and the zombies just start swarming over him. Like they just completely cover him up, and he's just shooting all around him, trying. And it's like, oh no, bro, you're dead. Yeah, you're and fucked. Just, that whole notion of just being dog piled on by these zombies who are going to just start ripping you to pieces it's just horrifying no and like that's like the scary thing is like it's like if you like slip you know and you get caught in a river or something you know it's like yeah it's it's pretty easy to survive a zombie you know Mm -hmm. but like when there's a bunch of them all you need is one mistake and you're fucked yeah Yeah, they just gotta like pin you down and like they're just tear you open strength in numbers no yeah and like there's you know all of these will have a moment where like the doors essentially burst in and the zombies take over the space again like the space you spent all this time fortifying like they come back in and it's theirs again you know the robot chicken the the song from robot chicken oh the gonk (laughs) 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 which which comes back in another horror movie that we have also discussed on the show Shaun of the dead nope well, it was in Shaun of the Dead. Well, yeah. it was, but... Which one? It was also in the first Evil Dead. Really? Yep. It's playing in the basement. Oh, wow, when they're watching Last House on the Left? No. No, no, when, oh, when, no. The, when the house is going crazy and like the blood oh. is uh, is coming in. Wow. Okay. Really yeah. interesting. I, th- I think it even plays over the credits, too, I think, <laughs> at the end. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that feels like enough, an homage. Fu- funny enough, it played on our first Halloween episode of last October. <laughs> yeah. It did? That song? E- no, Evil Dead. Oh, we okay. covered it in our first Halloween episode oh, of 2022. Okay, okay, okay. And now we're covering the film it came from on our first Halloween. Yay! Uh, okay. Yay. So many zombies. So yeah. many, so, so many, many zombies. zombies. You know, we started this like show talking about like the parody of zombie movies and now we've really gotten to explore zombie movies as the show's gone on yeah uh, yep. you know um <laughs> i think um in my mind there's like four categories of zombies what's that you have the classic voodoo zombie mm-hmm. you have the romero zombie mm-hmm. you have italian zombies yeah but then we also have russo zombies which are the uh the fast zombies yeah the return of the living dead zombies oh. which are very gooey very nasty and very scary and very fast <laughs> and that's where brains came from like the concept of just them yelling brains yeah they're eating brains primarily oh no, interesting like, you know return of the living dead is literally like so john russo who helped make night of the living dead was mm-hmm. he like a screenwriter uh i can tell you right now but like they both had the rights to make sequels oh. so romero made dawn of the dead and russo made return of the living dead interesting interesting return of the living dead is in a world where night of the living dead is a movie that came out that's based on a true story so russo co-wrote night of the living dead yes and then but then so return of the living dead is deals with these people who find this supposed specimen that was from this real life zombie incident and they accidentally let it let it out and it's like it's there's this gas that's uh, like the whole thing is that like it, it was a chemical spill that caused these bodies to reanimate and so the chemical kind of vaporizes into 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 this cloud of smoke that hits these two men and uh from there like you know one of the zombies breaks free and no and it's um the zombies in that one are horrifying because there's no way to kill them unless you completely incinerate them yeah they're just indestructible they're like twilight vampires like you you cut like there's literally part where they cut it into pieces and and the pieces are still like trying to grab and kill you and shit no it's like so while people often imply that return of the living dead is a 
comedy. I think of it as a very scary movie. It's it's very much a horror comedy, and it strongly embodies both aspects of that term. <laughs> so, like, well, I do love Dawn of the Dead. There is the alternate sequel, which is very nasty and very punk, and punk rock. Very punk rock. Yeah. I love that soundtrack. Linnea Quigley getting naked in a graveyard. For no reason whatsoever. What the hell? And yeah. and you have uh, her boyfriend Suicide. I forget the actor's name, but he plays Vic, our axe murderer at the uh, oh, yeah. at the halfway house in Friday the 13th Part 5. But yeah, so Dawn of the Dead, it's, um, it's it, a little more conservative classic. and... Um, yeah, it's really interesting how Romero doesn't really go into like some of the more crass, exploitative things. Like he never really has like sexuality in his movies. No, not really. There's it's... like one nude shot waist up of Fran during the depressing montage at the end, but that's it. I feel She's like nude. The... Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, you can you can see her titties. Yeah. I feel like the most naked he gets is in Night of the Living Dead, where he's at the one naked zombie. Oh, yep. you see her ass. <laughs> yeah, that's a great scene. Yeah, but no, yeah, he's a he's. He, I, I I like how he's like a lot more just like kind of like he wants to tell the story more than anything, and like talk about characters more than anything. He's a yes. very uh, like it's a very chill kind of storytelling from George. Now nowadays, one hundred percent, there would have been more conflict between Peter and Steve. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Probably would have had a little bit of a love triangle in there. Exactly. Why didn't, you know, I mean, is that too interesting? Yeah. Uh, I would say more generic. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. A little. I I feel like. Especially in this post-Walking Dead state of the genre, too. Love triangles. can't do it. Love triangles, they can work, but I feel like more often than not, they're just kind of like crutches for like really shit ship posting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, this is a this is a good one though. Do we want to go ahead and rate this one? I say it. What do you give it? I'll give this one a 10 out of the dead. 10 out of 10. I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10. I still think it is a huge classic. Um the the goofy bits at the end with the bikers kind of pull me out of it a little bit. And as much as I love and worship Savini's uh, effects work on this, I mean, like, it's it's incredible stuff for the time, 78. But, you know, I mean, just a couple years later, you have 1980 rolls around. He's doing Maniac. He's doing uh, Friday the 13th. He's got, a, uh, within the next couple years after that, he's got the Prowler and the Burning. So it's like, because once we get to Day of the Dead, his effects are just fucking insane and in how vicious and realistic they are. So it's like, some of the effects don't quite hold up as well for me in this one, but still look great for what they are. Well, this is my favorite in the trilogy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe yeah. it's a little... Maybe it's a little basic, kind of like, you know, how Good, the Bad, the Ugly is my favorite in the, the Dollar Trilogy. But if it's good, it's good. It's a 9 out of 10 for me, because I think it there's so much, like, intelligent metaphor and analog in this movie that I think has been lost mm-hmm. in zombie uh, film and, like, storytelling that I just think is, like, really genius. And I think oh, yeah. more people need to see this movie and need to take notes from, like, the writing of this movie to, like, really, like, make zombies even better. I completely agree. Yeah. But it's been a pretty good day. Yeah. It's been a hard dawn's 
morning, and now it's time for the day. Hard Day's Night of Living Dead was a pitch I did a while ago. I feel like, yeah, I think we talked about that <laughs> yeah, one before. It's going to be like a, a band fighting zombies. It would be funny. Yeah, it would be like Green Room meet yeah, zombies. Meet zombies yeah. That could be fun. Maybe yeah. even Nazi, maybe even neo-Nazi zombies. Why not? Sure. Uh, that could be fun. Yeah, yeah. Nazi zombies. Yeah, well, but neo-Nazi zombies. Neo-Nazi zombies. So they're yeah, like yeah. skinheads. In Oregon. <laughs> yeah. But it's time to go into the darkest day of horror the world has ever known. Ooh. Good day, I'm Russ Georgia, reporting to you unauthorized from the local Florida Army Bunker. Tensions are exasperating as the scientists and soldiers struggle to work together in order to tame the greatest bothering horror of the world that is ever seen. Some believe they should call command and ask for orders. Others believe that such a thing doesn't exist. A decision was never determined, however, as communications over communicating have broken down with the arrival of the aforementioned corpsey peeve devouring the bunker. As I can now hear the moans and screams get closer, all I can say is this. It beats sitting in Miami traffic. Ah! So, Bruiser. Great film, right? I haven't seen it, but oh. I did see Day of the Dead. Oh, oh nice. Bruiser sucks, actually. But, uh, yeah, I saw Day of the Dead, too. What do you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, look at Briggs wearing his Day of the Dead shirt. So, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there now. This is my number one favorite zombie movie ever ever of, of all time all zombie films of not just a romero zombie zombies nope this to me this and return of the living dead are like at the very top with this one very easily edging return of the living dead out of that number one spot it's pretty crazy oh no, yeah and i um yeah i remember watching this and like it hit me differently than the other ones because more so than dawn this one has an overarching feeling of despair it oh, is a very is nihilistic movie wall-to-wall sadness <laughs> i, I you get a little bit of i mean not necessarily hope at the ending but just like yeah we can die happy <laughs> I, I remember my first encounter with this. I was at a Fangoria convention in Austin, Texas, and uh, it was 2008. And uh, I remember someone telling me at the convention, like we were talking Romero zombie movies, because this was this was not even a whole year after Grindhouse and Planet Terror. Robert Rodriguez was the Fuck big yeah. headlining guest that year, and so I remember talking with someone at the fest uh, at the convention about zombie movies. I guess we got on the subject of Romero and those movies, and they'd asked if I'd ever seen Day of the Dead because I had been talking Night and Dawn, loving them. Oh, but have you seen the third one, Day of the Dead? No, I haven't seen that one yet. And they're like, okay. You need to drop what you're doing right now. You need to go back into the vendor room and you need to find someone who's got Day of the Dead and you need to watch that one immediately because it's the gnarliest one of all three of Fuck them. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so sure enough, I found Anchor Bay's uh, Day of the Dead uh, two-disc DVD. No, actually, no, I found the one-disc. I, f- I ended up getting the two-disc one much later, but I found the one-disc DVD for uh, Day of the Dead and good God, I fucking loved that movie so much right out of the gate it is exactly what i want in just a nihilistic depressing bloodbath it's a, it's definitely a bloodbath like even without just the kills like also the doctors like lab- laboratory this is no, pete yeah, we, savini 
Yeah, we have like very almost Herbert West shit where the guy's like taking apart bodies. They call him Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, and <laughs> like, it's like... He took one dude's head and just carved it away until it was just the brain. Just the yep. central nervous system, the little nub. Oh, like, yeah. Like in the back of the brain. Oh, oh. God. I, God damn it, I love this movie so much. No, I'm like... And not even so much just because of the zombie stuff, but the humans also. Well, no, and like these are the scariest humans because it's like it's just like a small group of scientists and like some military guys. And it's like a group that was put together really haphazardly after the apocalypse. You've read World War Z. Like this is the type of shit that was like all about that's that World War Z is all about, except unlike World War Z, they failed. And yeah. this is also the first one in this series where we actually have a legit villain in the movie in the form of Captain Rhodes, who's played by Joe Pilato, and he is such a fucking bastard in this movie. It's so great. He hams it up. It's no, so great. He like, you know, he looks very cool because he's wearing like the bandolier and everything and he's got the magnums, but then you realize... Yeah, the shoulder oh. holsters. <laughs> yeah, he's like very, you know, incompetent and just very like... He is, He but... shouldn't be in charge because like people keep dying and like he ended up in charge. Yeah, he, he is incompetent, but also he's just evil like he will not think twice about okay this guy didn't sit back in his chair at the meeting i'm gonna kill you on the spot right now (laughs) or no i'm or no i'm gonna threaten to kill one of my men if they don't kill you yeah no and it's uh yeah it's just at the same time though i do understand where he's coming from you know, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, what he's, the fuck is going on here? He's impatient. He's fed up. He's been stuck in this fucking bunker for God only knows how long. He's just—he's a very tired, tired, tired guy. Along with everybody else, everyone's just tired. Everyone's sad. Everyone's just done with it. No, and while Fran is a great character in Dawn, we get our first full Ripley. I would say yes. yes absolutely. Sarah Bowman, played by Lori Cardelli. Yep. The you know that her grandfather was one of the newsmen in Night of the Living her Dead. Her father. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? No one's told me about that. I know, yeah. right? I wish someone knew that. Pretty uh-huh. cool trivia that I know. <laughs> no, she's like she she's and she's not like super action lady. She's just kind of like you know she just knows her shit and she's, she's willing. A, she's a bad bitch. She's well, yeah, willing she's to like g- take charge confident. and work. She's 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 a good like angle against uh, Captain Rhodes. I'd no, say. See, I think Kreider nailed it. She's competent. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's a government worker who's been dealing with the zombie apocalypse. So like, you know, she just does it, and they're like, I don't even know what her specialty is. She's in the science team, right? Yes, she yeah, is. she's the she's like the lead scientist technically. Well, no, really? I think, I think yeah. that's Frankenstein. Is Frank, it Frankenstein? Lo- Logan is Dr. our lead Logan. scientist. Um, but no, um, she uh, yeah she takes does not take shit from anyone, and uh, she she's a bad bitch on her own. And it's like we got a, one of the best like jump scares in these movies is the opening when she's walking up to the calendar. Oh yeah, and then all the zombie arms pop out of the wall, which they use that as a little snippet at the beginning of uh, Stranger Things season three. They're seeing that in the movie theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great. Well, it works on a subtextual level there as well. But yeah, but uh, no. Um, and then uh, we also for the first time have a central zombie character in Sherman Howard's Bub. Um, who's, a, who's a sweetheart? Bub is one of the best characters in this trilogy, I would say, argue. Bub is a very interesting character. Like, you know, we don't get a lot of zombie characters. Like, I can think of, like, maybe a couple where a zombie's the main character. is like a character, like, a, like Warm Bodies, one of my favorite zombie films. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, and, um, if you watch Land of the Dead, there is uh, this character, Big Daddy, who's like sort of a Spartacus slash Moses of zombies. You know what, though? Interesting. Bub walked, so Big Daddy could oh, yeah, also no. shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, Bub, though, he's Logan, Dr. Logan's star pupil. Like, So it's like, you know, we're, we're fucked at this point. Yeah, like, no, there's no hope. Like the, it opens in Miami with the streets no, full. No, uh, Fort Myers. Oh, it's Fort, okay, it's Fort Myers just, but still the, zo- the streets just full of zombies. And yeah. even one alligator. Yes, yeah. and even an alligator <laughs> with, with its blatantly taped shut mouth. <laughs> also, you know, just really quick, I do love how it's like, it, like the whole like, hello, is anyone there? And it's just, yeah. Hello. Is anyone and there? That was used for the gorillas. I yeah. love. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was know like, that, yeah. it's gorillas. Holy crap! <laughs> I never put that together either. But um, no, I lo- it's a great I, opening. And um, I love in that scene where uh, back at the helicopter, you have um, uh, Sarah and George Harrison. Yes. <laughs> Um, no, you have uh, the one guy who's trying to reach anyone who's within radio distance. The questionably Irish-sounding guy? Yes, yeah, exactly. His, his accent was not consistent. Yeah, Bill. <laughs> this and this then, movie uh, has a couple inconsistent accents. And then their version of Flyboy John, the guy with the very overly Caribbean accent, mm-hmm. he just stops. He's like, hey, forget it. You can hear it above the engine, and they take their headphones off, and you hear the zombie shrieking and moaning over the engine of this helicopter. They've also got um, um amazing Sarah's... title shot. Oh yeah, so. where the uh, title comes over the zombie with no like lower jaw. Yeah, so just the tongue like flapping. Mr. Like, tongue. Ah. I think if more zombies were like that, the problem wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, I know, Maybe. but they're not all like that, are they? Yeah. No, uh, no, exactly. So what you need is you need to get a big boxing glove gun. <laughs> You just need to start smacking zombies in the face to punch their teeth out. If you can do that, you can just shoot them in the head. Mm-hmm. In Walking Dead, though, Michonne, when she carries around the zombies, she has their chins, their lower jaws cut off. Yeah. It's a very, it's like, it's like original Blade Runner. What? Hmm. Remember how in like original Blade Runner, he has to pull out their lower jaws? Oh, you mean like the mark? original script? Yeah, the original yeah, script. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Sorry. Yeah, to prove that you killed a replicant, you like pull out their lower jaw. Oh, okay. And it has like a serial number on it. Super oh, weird, gotcha. but you know, cool idea. Cool. But no, I don't know yeah. how that makes sense. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the, it's funny th- though. This is like the only stuff we actually get in Florida. The film takes place in Florida, but uh, this the ending is-, is also Florida. Okay, oh, yeah, I well, guess so they are on a book, beach. Our book An ending, indescript beach. Yeah, our bookending moments are Florida, but uh, for the most part, it's shot in a mine in Pittsburgh that everyone was miserable in for the entire time because it was cold and damp and everyone was getting sick. And I bet you wish you filmed it in Florida, didn't you, bitches? Yeah, right. <laughs> Should have found an underground bunker there. Or just made it look underground. Nobody can tell. Bro, we literally have the Aerojet facility down in the Everglades. Yeah, they could have filmed that. That's true, that's true. No, nah, I mean, yeah, probably the local government was uncooperative, if I know us. Yeah, yeah. if I know us, and I do, we hate <laughs> film. Yeah, we don't like it when people, like, we don't like it when people spend tax money here. We li- we'd rather take bailouts from other states to give them the jobs. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but, but you were uh, going to say something. Well, another character that's also in the helicopter is Miguel. Oh, Sarah's, yes. for whatever reason, boyfriend, who is completely unhinged i mean it's possible that he used to be better he's hit he hit a wall you you know what we don't have been nice if we had seen that 
Yes, otherwise because otherwise we just see like this is it's like when you when a couple's like oh he used to be so nice you know I really loved him we you know we used to do a lot of things together it's like okay well I'm not seeing that all I'm seeing is I him mean, screaming at you I mean then you know you must not like The Shining <laughs> well uh, yeah that is one of my crit- critiques of The Shining actually mm-hmm. is that we is that, is that the is that Jack Nicholson is just crazy out the gate. And it just gets crazier. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he just hit the wall, you know? I I do like, though... I get hitting the wall, but let's see him hit the wall and not set... This this isn't even him hitting the wall. We've seen him hit the wall... But we didn't see him hit the wall. He's now we're just no. watching him being dazed after hitting the wall. You know, and that's one thing that I do like about this group of characters is showing. So it's like in Dawn, we have our core group of characters trying to live their lives through this apocalypse that's going on. Here, they aren't living anymore. They are mm-hmm. just existing. They have accepted the fact that, like, there's. I think it's actually Greg Nicotero's cameo character even questions, like, "Hey, maybe we are the last people," you know, because yeah. they don't know they're in this bunker, and you know, Toms are dead constantly. It's like I like how it's like you know they're trying to hold it together. So like Miguel has failed. Like he's an anxious mess, and he's no help to anyone. As we see later on in the film, he ends up getting a couple people killed. He gets everybody killed. Yeah. Well, well, I'm talking before that. Okay, but yeah. um, uh, it's, well, that it's, was also faulty equipment because the thing snapped off the stick. True, but he also could have, you know, corralled that zombie into where they needed it a lot quicker if he wasn't yeah, as no. afraid. But uh, and then at the same time, you have Rhodes and his men who are just impatient as shit, and they just want to kill everything in sight. And then you have. Are, uh, and then you have uh, Sarah, who's like, you can tell she's kind of struggling to keep it together, but is still doing a pretty good job of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and then Logan, who like, you know, he comes he's off as clearly like gone super, insane. Yeah, he, he comes off as across as super positive, like and hopeful, like, oh, I think we can actually reverse this thing or uh, make it so they're not going to want to eat us. But then as we find out later, he is the most insane out of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah at first he's like Brent Spiner in Independence Day. You yes. Know? Yeah. He's like, these last few days have been very exciting. Exciting. People are dying out there. Exciting is not the word I would use. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. No, it's like, so this interesting thing where they are surrounded by a crowd of zombies in the uh, perimeter. Mm-hmm. And then in the mines, they have like this area of the mine cordoned off. For like their specimens, yeah, yeah, where they just kind of like call them over and yeah, like try to like wave them down so they can like get them from behind a wall. Yeah, they make noise with them, and then they have to like put like a collar around their neck and almost like a for, snare pole. Yeah, and this is for Doctor Logan's weird experiments to try to get them to eat dog food or whatever, and then and, and you know this is this is interesting too because it's like that that uh, that opens up the notion that you know. Cause, and they talk about it, too. They're going to run out of specimens, and they're going to have to go back up top and fill them up. So it's like, how are you getting the zombies down here? And so apparently, Romero's original script, Tom Savini describes it as Ben-Hur with zombies. Like, it was like a phone book thick uh, script for Day of the Dead. Romero had tons of ideas for this and he you know had a bunch of there was supposed to be a whole above ground encampment uh there was supposed to be action scenes up above ground as well and the thing is he also want was adamant this film is going to be unrated i'm not going to pass it 
through the MPAA and have them rip this film to pieces. No, this is going to be unrated. And the thing is, investors don't want to invest in a, a lot of money in something that's going to be unrated that they will not be able to promote in many newspapers, yeah. on radio and TV. So he had to scale back his idea immensely. So we could have probably gotten footage of the like scenes of them populating the below ground corral area with the zombies but we'll never know at this point and uh i feel like a good amount of those ideas probably made their way into land of the dead because land of the yeah. dead you have the whole little settlement that they live in where there's no, like and, a bar and uh, cockfights with zombies and and all even this land of the stuff. dead had like a more ambitious version Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Romero never quite got the fucking canvas that he wanted. Until Land of the Dead. No, even then, that was like a scaled-back version of what he wanted to do. Like, the True. Dead Reckoning yeah, script I, was supposed to be huge. Damn. Yeah, I guess so. But, yeah. It, it's I've a always, very Canadian production, that movie. I, no. I've always maintained that if I ever get the chance to remake Day of the Dead, I want to do Romero's original script. No, I would 100% do that. And, like, there's so many cool scripts, like, just around that, you know... Like uh, the Phantasm 99 script, like I'd love to take yeah. a crack at that. You know, there's all this cool shit. That... But what, uh, what we got, what we got is a really cool, gnarly movie. And like, I really do enjoy the bad vibes of this one. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> vibes are bad really vibe. bad. <laughs> everyone's like, sad. Everyone's mad. Everyone is just not into it. The only one who's got like philosophy, you know, towards the positive is the Jamaican guy. He's like, we should just get out of here and have babies. Yeah. Like, and, and, and let's you know, get out of here and have babies and just say fuck it to all this shit. He, yeah. He's got this whole monologue. He goes on in this nice little scene with him and uh, Sarah uh, after Sarah's broken Sarah up and, with uh, Miguel yeah, aggressively. And, and he talks about how it's like, you know, down here they store microfilms and files and all this stuff. You can find tax records and government documents and stuff. And his whole thing is it's like we should go up restart society and teach them not to come down here and dig these files up so yeah. they don't go back to the way things were <laughs> so yeah which is a nice idea but you know it's very we're just gonna write more doc new documents yeah, yeah. we're just gonna write more marvel movies yeah. oh <laughs> <laughs> i'll be there for these. every one of them they have every mcu movie down here they have every <laughs> even the tv shows how can you watch all of them and try to make them into one continuity? You mean they even have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, you get out of here. (laughs) Especially, they even have that stupid, stupid Cloak and Dagger script. They have Cloak and Dagger. They have Inhumans. (laughs) It's all bad. Yeah, I really... I need to get out of here and burn this cave. I, early on, I was like, I'm going to watch everything. And then I was like, I'm not going to watch everything. Yeah. Don't worry, I am. <laughs> you didn't watch Inhumans, did you? Inhumans. Yeah, okay, yeah, you didn't. So, yeah, yeah. Didn't. no, that was, um, yeah, that oh, was no, the original. Internals. That was the original appearance of Black Bolt. Oh, so no, I did not watch yeah, that. Yeah, Black Bolt has actually been in the Marvel Universe before the, the MCU. Mm-hmm. In the That's TV, fine. at least. But yeah. 
Bad. But uh, yeah, so Savini though, Savini's back again doing the effects, and bless this man. Yeah, this is like some of the most gnarly oh, blood. Oh God, so very gnarly. The blood looks great. The kill, the bites look incredible. This is when we're starting to get, you know, these little strings of shit, you know, oh, God. stretching away from the bites. Like it's just so gnarly, and even just like the kills and stuff like that. Like towards the end. You know, when uh, the, the shit's army the guys have just lost it and they're just killing everybody. You have three kills in particular. You have one of you have one unnamed person who's again played by Tasso Stavrakis, who uh, literally gets his head pulled off. And I think it's so great because he's screaming the he's whole like, time. And, and the further they stretch his vocal cords as they're pulling the head away, the higher pitched his screaming gets until it's like. And then it just dies because he's they pulled they severed the head. It's fucked up. But then another one, uh, Rickles get they corner him, and next thing you know, one of them gets their finger up under his eyelid and just starts pulling back, and they just pull the flesh off his head from his eyelid while they're biting his fingers off, and it is just so awful. And, and then, then, of course, the biggest best death of all. Yeah, Steel doesn't really get as great yeah, a death. He, he, he gets, himself. He gets like, smart, smart man. Yeah, he, smart move. <laughs> he gets bit in the neck and just kills himself. But then Captain Rhodes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, now, so, yeah, maybe a little setup because, like, Bub and Dr. Logan have a very interesting relationship. Doctor, you know, like, um, it's like a father-son relationship. It's a father-son relationship, yeah, because, like, he's taught Bub, and he's kind of Bub. He, like, whenever Bub is good, he feeds him dead soldier meat. Yeah. And even then, also, like, because Logan, like, brings up how he's how he, he had a, a rough relationship with his dad here and there, which is, like, you know, so he's, he's kind of, like, uh, projecting that on Bub. Yeah. Yeah, no, and like, but so yeah, when Doctor Logan gets killed and Bob well, is and, free, well, he, before that even, we show him like we get a good scene where Lo, where uh, uh, Sarah and one of their other scientists are watching him do his work, and he's teaching Bub how to use like everyday appliances, like, like a toothbrush, a razor, a book. Yeah, funny enough, uh, it's uh, Salem's Lot. Yeah, because by this time he's already hooked up with Stephen King. They've done Creep Show, and uh, ah, nice. Uh, Probably the dark half. Pro- no, I think that might have been a little later. In oh, okay, 80s. yeah. Let um, me check. Um, in between, there's only three things in between Dawn creep. and Day of the Dead. It's Creep Show, Night Riders, and what else? Oh no, that's it. I miscounted. Just two. Well, wow. uh, just Creep Show and Night Riders. That's it. Um, but uh, no. So we and we also get him. He's playing music on a tape player. But mm-hmm. when Rhodes comes in, <laughs> that's when uh, you know Bub salutes him. Which is, it's like, oh, he must have had a background in the army. Kind of calling back to that. Oh, he's going off what he remembers from his before life. Um, he gets a gun, an unloaded gun, puts it in front of him. And it's like, okay, let's see what he does. So he takes up the gun and he cocks it. Yeah, and then he <laughs> points it at Rhodes and he pulls the trigger. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty tense. It's a, it's a standoff. Rhodes is drawn down on him. And then when he realizes the gun's not empty, Rhodes... Uh, then still goes to try to shoot him and kind of agitates Bub. So Bub now knows, okay, this man is a threat. <laughs> this guy doesn't like me. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and, and then Rhodes like, tricks? You're teaching them tricks? That's what you're doing down here? 
I don't want him to do anything but drop over. <laughs> now, and that's why I'm like, yes, he's a bad dude, but like, I get it. Yeah. yeah and then like, he, when he finds out that Logan's like feeding the fucking soldiers to him, he's like, those are my men in there. <laughs> he's so crazy. He overacts the shit out of that role, and I love it. <laughs> and it's like, he's not quite Nicholsoning. Is he kind of Pacinoing? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's kind of 100%. a Pacino more than a Nicholson. I feel like there's different ways you can break down. Sometimes you can gold bloom, where you're like, you know, I've always found that uh, every, every once in a while, uh, two different people, they can try to interact, and then there's conflict. You know, a little 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 sparks will fly. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, he's gold blooming. But then what else? Then there's Nicholsoning. Yeah, then there's Nicholsoning. Which is just like, I'm just going crazy. And then there's a uh, keeching, which uh, we'll get into. <laughs> 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 but that's when you you know like you know you use your sweat to slip out of someone's grip and then beat everyone to death um uh, but no yeah so at the end you know miguel he gets uh, so miguel gets bitten and miguel gets mad and so he decides to just let all the zombies into the base yeah and Rhodes is the very last one to go, and I don't know why this stupid piece of shit didn't load his weapons in the locked-up armory before leaving it, because he could have just blasted Bub away right there on the spot. Right. But uh, no, he doesn't, because he's stupid. And Bub, at this point, has found Logan along with the scientist's guns. So he gets one of the guns and cocks it, finds it is loaded, sets out. And, uh, yeah, he faces down with Rhodes and gets off a couple shots and actually lands a few hits. <laughs> and, uh, but not enough to kill him, just enough so that he can't run away when the zombies he try to open through. a door. He and drops then... all his guns and stuff. Like, he, one of his shots gets him right in the shoulder, so, okay, that arm is now useless. <laughs> and, and, then, and then he's trying to lead him down the hallway, and he's like, come on! Come on. And then he opens that door and is faced down by a wall of zombies. Which, like, there's nothing I love more than, like, a POV shot where it's just, you're looking the at hands. someone's face and the hands just come from all sides. So, and he's ah! screaming. But, yeah, but... And he, then you get he, the best tearing apart. Scene. Yeah, he, he turns around to run back the other way and Bub pops off one last shot that hits him right in the gut. He falls back into the zombie's arms. And, and then Bob, Bub salutes him again as they rip this man in half at the waist and god it is gnarly so fun production story with this that i did tell you guys earlier but i'm going to tell the listeners also is uh so they were keeping all the intestines which were not fake these are all from butcher shops and stuff uh they were keeping them in a special refrigerator like singled out this is the this is the innards fridge um over the weekend, I guess someone like cleaning or moving something, whatever, unplugged the fridge accidentally. And so those guts sat in a room temperature fridge for a whole weekend. <laughs> and when they got back in to film this scene the very next Monday or whatever, those guts were rotten and smelled awful. And so when you're watching, but they, they got to do it. They can't get more guts right now. We got to go. We're on a budget. We're on a time schedule. So... They build up the fake body for Joe Pilato, and they fill it with these guts. The only thing between him and the smell of these guts is the 
thin layer of fake flesh over the stomach. And if you're watching the movie, when that tear, first tear happens, watch Joe Pilato's face and you'll see the look on his face immediately change once that smell hits him when the guts are exposed because oh, they're just completely God. rotten. It's like y'all have smelled rotten meat before, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. No, and that's why, like, you know, as tempting as it is, I refuse to ever use like real intestines. I would love to someday. <laughs> no, because like, well, you can also make mistakes where it's like if you get the wrong piece, you'll like actually have just shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah. right. So, as, like, as shown with um, uh, 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 Pusher 3. They're yeah. Just, they're just tubes, sacks full of shit. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just remember that you've always got a little bit of poop in you at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, yeah, it is one of the best deaths in 80s horror, in my opinion. Just, it looks so, like this is Tom Savini at his absolute best. And, you know, like between Dawn of the Dead, Night of Living, or Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, you know, he did, like I said in the last segment, he did, he's done Friday the 13th, the first and fourth Friday the 13th at this point. Uh, the Burning, The Prowler, Creep Show. Uh, maniac so he's got some absolutely fucking vicious movies under his belt right now mm-hmm. so it's like he's just progressed more and more across these films to where he's at day of the dead and this is some of his absolute best work ever i think i mean i'd say even better than the year after he did texas chainsaw massacre 2 and i still think the day of the dead effects look better than that even i mean texas chainsaw massacre 2 is a very silly movie as we've talked about (laughs) it is but it is also a very bloody movie as well i mean like they cut the one dude's face off the guy gets top of his head cut off shockingly low bloody body count for a texas chainsaw massacre movie though yeah but even still the the kills we do get they're they're great they're good I love that movie. But Day of the Dead, he just goes so hard in that one, and it is so great to see. And one of my favorite effects that's aside from Rhodes that we haven't touched on is, so there's a bit, well, we slightly touched on it, where Miguel uh, lets the one zombie loose, and it, it goes and kills these people. It also bites him in the in the forearm, oh, God, yeah. and so they end up knocking him out, and they amputate his arm on the spot. <laughs> Which, like, you you if it's live, and it takes a moment where she's got to like cut through it with the machete, mm-hmm. and then she burns it. Yeah, it is such a wonderful effect because it's the the combination of him with a, his real arm and a fake machete with the uh, the. Uh, piece, piece cut, out, cut of it, out of it but then you also have shot a shot where his real arm is buried in the dirt below him and they have a fake arm with a real machete going through it and it nice. looks so great and for all we know it does work it stops the infection from spreading to the rest of his body yeah but it doesn't stop him from being a dick yeah because <laughs> he goes and unleashes hell <laughs> I know, it's just like, man, such a fuck you moment where he's just like, I'm angry at my girlfriend, I'm angry at my boss. My I'm, co-workers suck. And my co-workers. Those two fucking all, useless pilots. You're all gonna get zombied. It's like Shinji being all like, why can't everyone just die? Yeah. <laughs> Miguel is Shinji. You, yeah, Miguel is Shinji, there we go. <laughs> oh, Come God. on, get into the fucking helicopter, Miguel. Come on, wrangle the zombie, Shinji. <laughs> or else you're, or else Sarah will have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I've done it dozens of times. Shh, we're trying to motivate him. I don't want you up here, lady. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, we got Steel, who's just a disgusting piece of shit through this whole thing, talking about how big his dick is. And Very, uh, I know, like... He's a throwback. It's, <laughs> it's both refreshing and also kind of unrealistic how they only dip into sexual violence a little bit. Yeah. Where they're oh, like, yeah. come on, let us let the rest of us get a chance. It's like, okay, it's great. It's like, I'm glad they never just, you know... Yeah, they don't go on. full on, thank God. Because like, there it's is not a still scene. the Walking Dead that they it, do that. It there's, is still a bunker just full of like aggro dudes. dudes. Yeah, there's no other women. Well, there there even is that scene where you know she goes after she breaks up with Miguel, where she walks through a fucking bar brawl with all those guys, where they're like throwing chairs and breaking shit, and they're all wasted. Yeah, no. Maybe she's got a dentata. Yeah. You know, teeth in your vagina. Oh, okay. oh, that, oh, like in teeth. teeth. Yeah, I just recently saw that great movie. Oh, I remember, really? I remember when that first came out and being intrigued by it, but I never got around to seeing it. Shockingly, yeah, good, shockingly good. Hmm. I mean, it looked good from the trailer. I mean, like it's got some parts that are like whoa, but like also like parts <laughs> that are like super funny. <laughs> and it's just like guys keep going to surgery, you know, and it's like the surgeon has a line where he's like something's going on and nobody's telling us about <laughs> <coughs> he's like one guy loses pe- fingers one guy loses his dick you know and the surgeons are like there's something going on in this town <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah day of the dead quality movie and while the soldiers get just devoured and just mm-hmm. torn apart our are scientists good guys yeah at least like the ones we like sebastian the, more. the crab george george harrison and ripley escape in the helicopter and they go to sanibel island and they fight in the caves against the zombies as they get thrown over the wall that's a pretty good oh yeah scene. no they were gonna feed him and yeah they got a great where they chop the top of a zombie's head off the and shovel it, and yeah. it lands on the ground and you see its eyes moving around a little bit that's really badass aren't there like weird weren't there like weird bats in there yes there <laughs> were zombie bats i also love there's a bit early on too you brought up uh logan's uh laboratory mm-hmm. there's a great bit where the one zombie breaks free of the restraint on the table and when he leans over uh the flat his guts like all just spill oh, yeah, out, just of fall out of his stomach yeah and I, and I love they bring that back in a nightmare scene where sarah's in the room with miguel and he just gets up from the bed and leans over, and the flap on his stomach just comes open, and the guts all spill out. No, and like this is probably some of the best directing from Romero. Oh, totally. Like, and you really feel like you know the the actors are all very competent. Like, there's oh yeah, I guess Rhodes is a little hamming it up a little bit. No, oh, yeah, he's mega hamming it up. All the army dudes are hamming it up. Way but, like, hamming I buy it up. I yeah, buy it all. You know, oh, I, be- yeah. I believe them as characters. It, and- I can believe it, it after kinda, like being in here like for like months, maybe even years underground. It, it kind of reminds me almost of the Colonial Marines from Aliens, where but it's like, like they're yeah, very Colonial cocky, Marines, very vulgar. It kind of stems from you know like that Vietnam era grunt mentality almost. No, and like it is really interesting because like. Um, yeah, it is like post aliens is like there is that moment in aliens where they're going in really gung ho and then they're immediately just shellacked and it's like what the hell's going on here, man? <laughs> this is like them if like they were stuck on LV four twenty six and this for, is them for the actual thirty days that they had to wait. Yeah, this is them at the end of that. No, uh, uh, I think it was uh, twenty eight days. Yeah, twenty eight days. We ain't gonna last twenty eight hours, man. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, no, the Day of the Dead squad. This is the colonial marines if they manage to make it to the end of that where it's like they're living with it at this point and they're just fucking assholes to each other <laughs> yeah no, and uh 
Yeah, it's pretty good. Do you want to rate this puppy? I am going back in and giving this a 10 out of 10. This is my favorite zombie movie of all time. It is perfect in every single way, I feel. And, you know, even with overacting and stuff in spots, I would not have it any other way. It is not just one of my favorite zombie, my favorite zombie movie. It is also one of my top five, I would say, favorite horror movies of all time. And in general, just one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one I've watched time and time and time and time again, just like the original Evil Dead, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's one that will never get old. I will love. I know this movie word for word, front to back. It is just absolutely fucking perfect in my eyes. What about y'all? Well, this is the first time I finally got to see this movie. I've seen Night and Dawn beforehand uh, mm-hmm. of this watching, and I was definitely not disappointed with it. Like the the writing is very solid. Uh, it's not. It's certainly not as political as Dawn of the Dead. No. Uh, but like you could like the acting and the writing and the psychology and the like the character interaction is like really really good in this movie. Uh, it's still not quite my favorite. Because, you know, the zombies are, once again, just a force of nature that's just kind of, like, out there. there. (laughs) So, I would give this, like, an 8 out of 10 for, like, the special effects, the interaction. Just a very solid, like, drama thriller, if anything. Oh, yeah. What about you? Yeah, no, I uh, give this a 9 out of 10. I mean, I I just... These are my... These are some of my go-to movies when it comes to just, like... Yeah, they really are, man, and, like... (laughs) More so, Dawn of the Dead is a cozy film, you know? Like, mm-hmm. is it yes. 70s movies are always very cozy to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it. just a lot of turtlenecks and stuff, you know? And like something about the styles and everything. The colors. Yeah, but uh, this movie is like, it's really gritty and really feels like the zombie apocalypse to me. It's like, yeah, this is a corner of that and it's like really fucked up. This is the end of the world. I was thinking though, it's like, man, it would be really good to do a Halloween Horror Nights walkthrough of Day of the Dead. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I don't know if they would ever do that, but that would be pretty cool. Have an actor screaming in, as like zombies tear them apart, being like, choke on it. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's great. I love when they're dragging his legs. He's like, choke on him. <laughs> oh, so, famous yeah. last words. But what do we give this trilogy overall? Oh, Personally, man. I'm going to give it a 10. I'll give it a 10. I'd give it a 9. Yeah, it's... Okay. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I, I reserve tens for personal favorites. No, no, no. That's but understandable. This is definitely one of the best trilogies in, in film. Horror. No, just I'd say in film, like generally. Oh, really? Like, I mean, I mean, come on. It's like, it's like a huge inspiration to like, uh, you know, horror in general, special mm-hmm. effects. Yeah. I mean, it it made a genre essentially. Yeah. Like, and I'd say it still holds up more or less Absolutely. like i'd say anybody even could watch it it holds up better than even his later more modern trilogy of land diary and survival no, I mean, yeah oh yeah well oh yeah and the original cgi did not help romero no uh-uh yeah, yeah. and the original star wars trilogy is better than the prequels shocker yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. but no but, but for, for real though i'd say like like I'd say this is also better than like a lot of zombie fiction like nowadays I'd oh, say. Oh, absolutely. Like there's still some good ones that I love like uh, I mean um you mentioned Warm Bodies Warm earlier. Warm Bodies is one of my favorites. Although uh, I'm sure a lot of I, I know a lot of horror fans just listen to that and cringed. Well, no, I mean there's I, I feel like there's some merit to that. It's like they tried to do something different with zombies. I would even also throw in maybe like the first 
two or three seasons of Walking Dead before no, I loved really... Walking Dead for a while. Oh yeah, and even uh, I'll even say the first Zombie Land was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I loved, Zombie I loved Land's Zombie Land. Uh, what else? Like going into video games, you have Left for Dead yeah, and gonna, Dead I, Rising. Yeah, Left for Dead's uh, is like a solid spin on it. Now and um, there's a really good French zombie movie called The Horde. You've mentioned this before. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like the, the ultimate apartment. It's almost like the raid meets zombies. We would not have Fulci's Gates of Hell without Romero's Living Dead. Oh, of course. Like yeah. City of the Living Dead is like clearly just capitalizing on the... <laughs> and then combining it with a weird cosmic horror angle. And it's like, I don't know. That's why... In a way, like I love those more because they're just crazy. And Me then, uh, too. I really love like from beyond, yeah, from beyond. From Beyond is amazing. That might be my favorite zombie movie when I think about it. You mean The it. Beyond. The Beyond. The beyond. That's yeah, From beyond, beyond is different. From, yeah, from Beyond also featuring Ken Foray. Yeah, but not mm-hmm. zombies. And it's Lovecraft. <laughs> no, not zombies, but... But no, I... I yeah, but the beyond. the beyond is probably my favorite zombie movie of all time, actually. Really? Like, because I just love how weird it gets and okay. how, like, the zombies look. Very yeah. interesting. And then, you know, I mean, even Spawning from Night, you have, like we mentioned earlier, Return of the Living Dead, which put its own spin on the rules of zombies and everything you can do with them in film. And you know, gave us one of another one of my most all time favorite movies ever, the first Return of the Living Dead. No, and you should watch the third one though. But uh, yeah, I know I need to. So my plan is to drop this next episode on Halloween. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So we I hope if all has gone according to plan, this should be coming out the Monday. So and you know, we've talked about how influential Night of the Living Dead is, but also seventies horror films. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> five years after Night of the Living Dead, we wow, got really? yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels like less or more. It feels like more. But yeah. you know, as 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 big as Night of the Living, as influential as Night of the Living Dead is, I would say the. 50th anniversary of the first film in our next October trilogy is leaps and bounds even more influential for the horror genre and really just film Especially overall. nowadays, though, oh, yeah. I like, would say it's like the influence of this movie is more prominent now, especially this year in a I, weird way. I'd obviously. say, and, and of course in like life I would say as well, people like actually like watch this movie and kind of like the Matrix believe it's a thing. Yeah, so it's the... We are touching on the 50th anniversary of William Friedkin's The Exorcist. And not yep. just The Exorcist, The Exorcist, William Blatty's... Uh, the Ninth faith, Configuration. Faith Trilogy. Yeah, the, the Faith Trilogy, as I was say, which is uh, the, Exorcist. the Exorcist, The Ninth Configuration, and Exorcist Three. That's right, we're not doing Exorcist Two, The Heretic. That movie's trash. You know, I, I really... I really got it. I don't know. I so like, so so like so I I'm the one that pitched both of these episodes for this month, and I really really debated on pitching Exorcist just because I knew the fiftieth of the first film was coming up, which we have at the time of this recording we watched that in the theater uh, on mm-hmm. October first. Which Sam, that was your first time seeing The Exorcist, right? Oh yes, and uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I, I'm I'm pretty envious of you. Your first Exorcist viewing was on the big screen but um i was really hesitant to throw this one out there just because i knew it was a trilogy because of heretic but i have only seen bits and pieces of that and i know its reputation it's fucking terrible but then i found out about the ninth configuration and how william peter blatty the author of the original exorcist novel wrote 
uh, wrote the novel that Ninth Configuration is based on. He wrote the screenplay adaptation. He produced and directed the film, and he considers it the true second film, like the sequel to The Exorcist. And so when I saw that, I was like, hey, guys, <laughs> guess, guess what, what we can do? <laughs> I've got follow-ups yeah uh-huh. no, but uh i got then, follow-ups too exorcist 3 which is uh yeah the more definitively sequel to line. the exorcist yeah, like in line mm-hmm. with some of the what we've come to expect from the exorcist hopefully and, and uh, uh, see see at the time of recording we just finished watching the ninth configuration as well Kreider did not like it none of I us had seen it, it. He no, he he really did not have a great time during this one. Sam loved I it. I love it. I'm in the middle on it. I it's not nowhere near what I was expecting, but I still felt some semblance of entertainment from it. But at the time of recording, Kreider has not seen Exorcist three yet. A Sam and I both movie. have. Great movie. Love that movie. Still Criminally my favorite underrated. so far from oh, what I've seen. Absolutely same here. I really want to watch it. But uh, do we have anything else we want to promote while we're doing some house cleaning okay so i want you guys to like and subscribe to us on youtube as well as the so team insomniac films on youtube and the real idiots mm-hmm. we've been working if with we them. haven't already dropped it uh, we will be dropping milford luster's guide to fisherman safety specifically yes. fisherman safety yes and this is an important movie perhaps the most important movie that we've ever made yeah, we're trying to help y'all. We're trying to help people because like horrible it's, things happen in the '90s, and if they happen again, we will not survive. True, very true. So but, keep uh, an eye out for it, and, and also like follow us on at Team Insomniac Films. I'm at Cryer the Writer on Instagram, and uh, I'm at Big Boss Tune on Instagram. On Instagram, I am at Briggs underscore Metal Revolution, and uh, let's go watch Exorcist Three, y'all. I want to. <laughs> Bye.